for listening to cinephiles digest this is episode 113 my name is matt and this is the big one it's the one we look forward to all year every year this is our best of 2022 blowout spectacular in which we're going to be sharing top 10 lists of our favorite films of the year. We're going to give out some awards. It's going to be a grand old time, but let me go ahead and introduce my co-host this episode, Travis. Welcome to the show. Hello, Matthew. And uh, for the first year ever, marking her first appearance on the best of blowout episode. Not true. Not true. No. No. Oh, hey, Paris. <laughs> Not true. When did you do one? She, she was on last year. Uh uh With with Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was episode. kind of like a uh, bridging of the gap, or you know, changing passing of the, of the torch. Yeah. Changing of the guard. <laughs> yeah. Tom and I like slowly shook hands during the whole the whole episode, and then we released, and then he was gone. That was the baton pass. And we have ne- we haven't heard from Tom since. That was the last time I mean, anyone seen or heard from Tom. Yeah, Tom kind of phoned could his could not in. exist anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe I forgot. Did I fucking black out last year's episode? Why do I not remember you being on that episode, Paris? Maybe I'm not very memorable. Ouch. Anyway, hi, it's no. me, Paris. Thank you Hello. for being here, Paris. I remember Paris. I was the one You're who actually invited you onto that episode. So just that's you know, true. Honestly, that Matt, I think <laughs> Travis is trying to like one up you in the in the friend category. It's not hard. <laughs> and right now he's yeah. I was gonna say right now he's winning. He was like, hey, do you want to watch this movie on my voodoo? Like Matt, you never offered that to me ever. Oh. Voodoo. Yeah, Matt's not as cool as me when it comes to. I mean, I know he also <laughs> uses your food. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's that's the lineup for this episode. Now we do have hopefully a uh, cameo appearance coming later in the episode. We won't spoil anything, but uh, should be huge. Let's cross our Who fingers it, it happens. <laughs> um. So. Let's just dive right into it. This is a business episode. We're here to talk about movies. We're here to talk about the year 2022. Um, before we get into our top 10 lists, let's just go around the uh, the old virtual podcast table and uh, talk about the year in general. Um, did we feel it was a good year? Were there any themes that stuck out to you in this year's crop of films? Just kind of a... Uh, a general rundown of the year of our Lord 2022. Um, Travis, how would you feel about going first? Uh, sure. So I would say if you asked me this question six months ago, I would say the year's been shit. But um, I think in the last six months we've gotten a few bangers. And um, looking at all of the films I watched and ranked in order, I would say over 
overall, it was a pretty solid year. If I were to compare it to other years, especially since we've started doing the show, I would say it might be one of the weaker ones. Themes, the uh, the whole, like, I'm going to look back to my childhood um, and then, like, the whole love of cinema angle, that is getting to be a pretty common theme in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And then also, I feel like there were a couple movies this year that focused on, like, exploitation and spectacle and all that. And class. We love class. Class warfare. Class class examinations. It's huge. Um, What about you, Paris? Yeah. um, I would say that 2022 was a big year for me watching movies in that I watched more movies than I ever have in any year ever. Um, 62 to be exact. Um, and I would say from that, I gathered that the theme of this year is let's revisit our childhood trauma for better and for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think also <laughs> this was a big streaming year for everyone, but for me especially, I love going to the theaters, but most of the ones I saw this year were streaming, even if they were still in theaters. And I think that that had a large effect on the feeling of the movies. Even the large ones felt smaller scale because I was just watching them at home. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's an accurate, uh, uh, you know, examination of the year as a whole. Um, I got to say, guys, this was my worst movie year um, in at least a decade. I... uh, I saw fewer films than Paris, apparently. I saw 55. What? <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, honestly. The Huge year for Paris. <laughs> Down year for Matt, big time. Um, there were a lot of factors involved, but I just, I don't know. Nothing spoke to me this year. I just kept, I kept trying and I just, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at my top 10 and I feel neutral at best about it. Um, I'm excited to talk about, like, my top seven, I really only truly care about mm, maybe the top three or so are the ones that are going to like really stick with me beyond this year. Beyond that, it's like, I don't know, man. It was it, Matt, <laughs> you don't you don't have to give us the number right now unless you don't want to. But I'm um, just curious, how many movies did you give five stars this year? I gave eight movies five stars. Okay. Whoa. So the your first top ten year is gonna even have, have all fives? Nope, for the first year ever, except last year, but only because I made an editorial choice to put Matrix Revolutions or not Matrix <laughs> Revolutions, uh, Matrix. You know the fucking awesome Matrix movie that I love that I can't remember the, the garbage name one. Of. We got it. The Matrix Resurrection. Resurrection. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> My number ten movie of the year that I can't even remember the name of. Um, you love that movie. I fucking love that thing, dude. Um, <laughs> I made an editorial choice to put that at number 10, even though there was technically another number, like another five star movie I could have put in. But beyond that, this is the first year where legitimately uncontested, I only had eight. And honestly, one of them is kind of a courtesy five, and that'll make more sense uh, mm-hmm. when that choice is revealed. But 
Just an off year for me. <clears throat> I, I gave six fives this year, and last Ooh. year I gave eight. So we are trending downward, which is not a good sign. I think prior to that, though, every year that we've done one of these episodes, everything on my list has been a, a five star. All five, except maybe. the last two years. Yeah, the state of cinema is just—it's in the shitter, I guess. Although it seems like the narrative has been, has been that, like overall, at least for a lot of people, this has been like kind of a redemption year in a sense yeah like, a lot of people have been like 2021 was terrible but i would say for the non matt and travis uh folks this has been a banner year for like let's let's come back and let's make movies cinematic again right i mean this was the year of top gun maverick oh, yeah. the year of avatar the year of whatever marvel bullshit came out this year to um, your point I would say a good portion of my top 10 are very cinematic and epic in scope and runtime. I would say about half of mine for sure. Runtime, almost all of them. This, you know what? Maybe that was the theme of the year. This is the year where movies were too damn long. How did I watch so many movies when they're so long? My God. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in the group chat, but I looked at like the list of films in front of me that I still had to watch, and I looked at those run times, and I was like, man, like <laughs> I don't want to watch any of these fucking movies. <laughs> like, I'm usually not the kind of person who is like, man, these movies are too long. Like, usually that's not really a factor for me. But I was just, I think for me, there were a lot of movies that. I didn't feel particularly compelled to watch, but I felt like I was supposed to. And I just couldn't bring myself to pull mm -hmm. the trigger on a lot of them because I was just like kind of, I don't know. I was kind of in a funk the last couple months I could movie guess, watching wise. I could guess at least two of those. Let's hear them. Mm, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> All right. So I was thinking, and this is totally, you know, off the cuff right now, but I was like, maybe we should have had an award for the best movies that none of us saw. Like, just based on trailers and hype, like what seemed like the ones we should have watched and none of us saw them. I feel like. We covered all of our bases. Between the three of us, I feel like at least one of us, particularly Travis, yeah. probably watched. I get the impression <laughs> Travis watched pretty much everything, I think. Travis, well, how many movies did you watch this year? I would say the one movie that I feel kind of bad about not watching would be Decision to Leave. Mm -hmm. Ooh, and I also didn't see that. I also feel like I should have rewatched Tar, but I'll live with it. I gave it a courtesy first watch, and that's that's all I'm willing to give it. I'll say that much. Sounds like we might have been in the same boat there. <laughs> <Matthew>. <laughs> um, but, like, I didn't see Elvis. I didn't see The Fablemans. I didn't see RRR. I didn't see Pinocchio. I didn't see... Um, there's several others, I think. I would say you could oh, the whale. Put, I didn't see the whale. Put Elvis at the bottom of this list if you're trying to catch up at some point. I don't know, man. That's kind of close to the top, if I'm being honest. Awesome Butler is great in it, but the movie as a whole, it's solid. It just it seems, seems like, like it, it would potential. be another big blockbuster, like the ones we've already mentioned, where it might be interesting, but utterly not really substantial. 
I just feel like Tom Hanks's performance is the wild card for me. Like I just gotta <laughs> see what's going on with this thing, because <laughs> from the trailers, it seems like the worst film performance of all. Truly, time. Truly, he seems insane. It's not <laughs> like great. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> so it, it just for the oddity factor, I feel like I I need to come back to that one at some point. But um, yeah, okay. Well, are there any other thoughts on uh, the year as a whole before we uh? kind of get into the nitty-gritty of the actual top tens no i don't think so okay well let's transition so we're gonna go ahead and move into our top 10 films of the year um real quick before we actually start going over picks um we can all maybe speak a little bit as to list construction what went into it is it strictly what you think are the best films of the year? Is it what you think are your personal favorite? Is it some sort of mixture? How much do politics come into play? Are you, do you, are you trying to make hero picks? That kind of stuff. I'll go first. Sure. Um, I would say, unlike last year, these are truly what I think are the best films of the year. Um, and then I would say... There's going to be a couple that you guys are, I know are going to disagree with, but I do think that they're not just my favorites. They're really the best. Sick. Okay. I like that. Um, I can say that mine is, I mean, like I said, it's kind of an off year for me. So I kind of just went with what did I feel in my heart were my 10 true favorite movies of the year. Not necessarily the best, as you will see, um, but in my heart what were my 10 favorite movies of the year sometimes there's some politics involved and you know my my tumber my number my tumber my number 10 spot there was uh you know a couple movies i was toying with but i had to just go with what i felt was the most memorable and the one i enjoyed the most so pretty standard as far as uh, my list construction this particular year so for me, in previous years, I've been guilty of um, trying to have a couple cool picks or even like an element of surprise. But um, <laughs> this year and going forward, the way I'm going to approach this is I am trying to predict what my top 10 is from this year now and in the future. So when I look at this list 10 years from now, I'm like, wow, I fucking nailed it or, you know, came really close to it. Because I've looked at previous year's lists and I'm like, why did I do that? That's just fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so follow up question. Does that mean you're factoring in like, like, is is there a potential situation where you're like, maybe there's another movie I liked more, but I feel like this is the one that I'm going to appreciate more? Like, is that a a conversation Mm. that you had or is it more so just like what you think is now and later going to be the most like lasting films. Is well, that what you're going these for? are legit, legitimately my favorite 10 movies of the year. Did a couple rewatches over the last few days to solidify some things. I don't know about the order. The order could shift slightly over sure. time, but, um, yeah, I, I do also. I, I wouldn't say that like rewatchability is necessarily a factor because I think a couple of these could maybe go down a little on rewatch or even up in some cases. But um, yeah, I think this is like a snapshot of what my favorite movies of the year 
are right now and will be in future years. Very cool. Okay. Well, any other thoughts before we start going around and uh, listing our top tens? I'm ready. Red Fred. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be kicking things off. So we're going to go. The order is going to be me and then Travis and then Paris. And we'll just take turns listing our favorite films. So without further ado, my number 10 film of the year is Ty West's Pearl. I was, um, like I said before, kind of wrestling with what to put in at this 10 spot. And I just kind of had to go with my heart. Pearl is a movie that... Images from it have stuck with me since I saw it in you know the summer or late fall, whenever it was. If I had to pick a favorite performance of the year, I think it would be Mia Goth in Pearl. Um, I love the color palette. I love the framing as far as the cinematography choices. And I just love Ty West's commitment to this like kind of epic, what we now know is going to be a trilogy about this character who is just fucking unhinged and riveting and just I, I i couldn't stop thinking about it so you know there are other movies that were in the mix here but at the end of the day i just had to go with my heart and uh pearl kind of skyrocketed up the list i'm not gonna lie um if you would ask me like a month or two ago where pearl was it it was probably floating around like the 15 16 range probably if i'm being honest but you know, I took a, a good, long, hard look in the mirror and I was like, you know what? Pearl fucking rules, dude. So I had to do it. My number 10. I, I know the world hasn't seen Maxine. I don't even think it's been shot yet. But um, I think this trilogy is a candidate for a grower. For you gonna, specifically or just in general? Mm, I just think it's going to be like something that grows in like the love for it's going to grow over the years. Well, especially as a trilogy, like if if Maxine like is also awesome, X is cool, but like Pearl's better. But like if Maxine is amazing, like <laughs> how many like epic horror trilogies have we gotten? Like none, right? Like what? No, I mean most <laughs> of them are just they make sequels until it's ran into the ground. So. Right until people stop paying money to to <laughs> see the bullshit. Yeah, and then they reboot it twenty years. Later. Right, that's how you end up with twelve wrong turn movies. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for Maxine. That's definitely up there on my most anticipated list. But uh, yeah, Pearl's huge. I loved it. All right, Travis. Alrighty, so I had something else in here. At the number 10 slot, but I did rewatch it and I kicked it off. And Ooh, okay. this one took its place and it is Bones and All. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I will give a little blurb about it, but I will say you should just go listen to our episode because I think it was a pretty good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, uh, great performances all around, some uh, great world building. I love the uh, message of the movie. I think it can be read multiple ways, but um, it's mainly about people on the outskirts trying to find their place or people. Um, had a great score. It was beautifully shot, and I really liked the ending. Yes, I also loved the ending. 
Okay. Bones, like, I don't know why my reaction was, hmm, interesting. Like, Bones and All is my, like, number 14. So it's like. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> what is <laughs> Matt's thinking? I liked it. I, I, I don't know. I guess I just think for me, like, a 4.5 star movie, it's hard to call that a disappointment. But if I'm being honest, I was a little disappointed, I think. Just based coming on the heels of Suspiria and Call Me By Your Name, which are both like fucking awesome, like all timer movies for me. Bones and all just like didn't quite reach the same heights. So maybe that's part of the reason why I, I feel I have like kind of mixed feelings, even though they're largely like very positive. I don't know. Maybe I need to see it again. Like maybe it's a movie that just like will will click on the rewatch, but I feel like it is maybe lesser than those two, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. Oh, no, for sure. Okay, very sweet. That's Travis's number 10. Paris, what about you? And what's your number 10 film of the year? My number 10 is The Batman. Oh, yeah. When I saw this movie, I said, wow, this is going to be my number one film of the year. Obviously, that was early in the year and other things have bumped it down, but it's remained a constant. And I think that in general, I am not a huge fan of DC. I am a Marvel head, as we know, and I think that I often am bored with Batman as a character. And, DC, and these kind of one-offs that DC's been doing really haven't done much for me. But this had everything I wanted. It had the grit. It had emo Robert Pattinson. What? Didn't know I needed that. <laughs> um, it had Paul Dano giving, I don't want to say a career best performance because he's always at that level. But my God, have we ever had, I mean, aside from maybe you know, a Joker here, there, you know, have we had a better supervillain? No, I would say no. And he was so small too. He's not a supervillain really. He's just a guy. And I know that, you know, we even kind of talked about this on the reviews and, or maybe y'all talked about it, but the, how it loops in some modern things and how it felt very real. I know I think y'all were not super fans of that, but that really made me even more engaged. And I love seeing an emo Batman. Have I said that enough yet? Batman with eyeliner, please. Emo Batman's pretty huge, I will admit. And uh, Paris, speak for yourself, please. <laughs> what? What? Oh, uh, about the suit, the super, the villain <laughs> comment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just in general about the Batman. You love the Batman too, though, didn't you? Yeah, I thought. I, I thought did. You also. Mm-hmm. He's so just. I think he's just saying myself? hashtag not my Batman. I think is what. No, Travis. That's not what I'm saying at all. No. Just Travis. Uh, yeah, I think you need mind. to explain. <laughs> Move right along. Like, moving right along. Matt's number nine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Somebody touched a nerve. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Probably there. Paul Dano. I thought I heard something about like Dano. you guys didn't care for it as much, and I was like, well, no, sorry, I meant true. specifically. No, 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 no. I meant specifically <laughs> the parts where it had like Paul Dano organizing a bunch of incels. Like, that part felt very real and, like, made me more engaged in it. And I thought 
from our conversation or from the conversation that was had that y'all weren't as big of fans as that but maybe maybe i am misremembering i'd have to listen to the episode again but in in my memory that's one of my favorite things about like oh me too then we're all on the same page batman rules maybe it was kyle who knows oh you know what (laughs) i bet it was fucking kyle (laughs) (laughs) yeah the batman rules that's definitely one of the movies i'm most looking forward to rewatching. oh yeah definitely looking forward to that one okay well those are the number 10 picks let's go ahead and transition into our number nine films of the year uh travis you're gonna love this one my number nine is james gray's armageddon oh my god (laughs) still here (laughs) um is this your way of just buying stock in james gray even more than you already have this is you know i've, I've got to go all in so this is me <laughs> this is me putting all my chips in on james gray uh this guy's the future of cinema i mean oh, what more can be said um no armageddon time is a movie that i think resonated with me a lot more than i gave it credit for because of a lot of these other movies that are kind of you know the the 4.5 stars like kind of you know were in consideration when i when i look back i really don't have much negative to say about it i was very moved by it i think it looks beautiful i think it's a really like honest look back on like someone in their adulthood reframing events that took place in their childhood that they maybe didn't necessarily or couldn't recognize at the time as being like formative in like a negative sense in regards to like shaping a child's worldview in regards to, to race or class or cultural differences. And I just, I don't know. I, I found it to be very, you know, like a very interesting exploration of, you know, a very personal story and how in many ways we, we, can maybe inadvertently fail our children in the ways that we shield them in certain ways or expose them to certain ideas, don't correct certain behaviors that, you know, have lasting effects on not just the individual, but the people that we kind of interact with and wind up in our orbits as we kind of move through our lives. So I, um, I don't know. It's a it's a movie that I I was. I, the more I think about it, the more I return to it, the the stronger I feel about it. So I guess I just, uh, you know, I in a weak year, at least if you ask me, um, this is a movie that I wanted to give you know, shine a spotlight on because it's a movie that I think maybe I expected to be talked about more and I haven't really seen pop up too much. Um, and, you know, some people do have some legitimate criticisms that I, I do understand, but uh, I wanted to give us some love here. So that's why that's my number nine. Armageddon time. All right. Matt's number nine. My number 43. Oh, my God. Time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, two can play at that uh, game, Bob. All right. And uh, Travis, that is true. <laughs> Travis, did you say how many movies you had watched this year? I did not. Oh, but yeah. I'll divulge that now uh 114 you know me i'm a try hard (laughs) how did that many movies even come out this year i mean i'm usually like i'm not travis always has me beat 
in that regard. But um, I mean, last year I saw like I think about seventy five. Like I usually crack a hundred. Yeah, and that is <laughs> Matt. Matt Travis is now fifty more than you saw last year. You realize that, right? Yeah, more than fifty. Yeah, 60. that's what I'm saying. I saw like, about that 60 is an ex- that is an exorbitant amount of movies. Like, listen, this guy fell out of the movies. Time. He fell out of love with movies, <laughs> and this is the year he fell back in love with movies. I wouldn't go that far. I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I take my job a little more seriously than that. Oh, woof. Right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, there's no, I don't even, Matt, you can't argue that. <laughs> no, no arguments for me. All right. N- number nine for moi is The Whale. We cannot talk about this movie without mentioning Brendan Fraser's performance. It is a banger, and I hope he wins the Oscar. Um, beyond that, I mean, I think performances across the board are pretty strong, but um, I did really like Hong Chow in this, and uh, hopefully she gets a supporting nod and maybe a win. I, I don't know. I don't keep up with the uh, the Oscar race, really. Um, yeah, this one hit close to home and, um, was probably one of the most emotionally effective movies that I saw this year. There's maybe one other that'll come up later. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I loved all the interactions between the, the characters and, um, even though it was one location, I was never really bored, um, by what was on screen and um, I also really appreciated how the story unfolded. We we just kept getting little bits of information to to carry the story on. And um, I also loved the ending. I think it can be read a couple different ways. And um, I also like the message of the movie. I think it's a positive one. And um, yeah, I think this is a movie that uh, we need right now. <laughs> that is the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Well, this is the part where I need to say a brief piece about the whale. Um listen. There's no bigger Darren Aronofsky fan. Uh maybe on this earth, certainly on this podcast. Um The Fountain is my number 2 film of <laughs> all time. The Wrestler is my number 12 film of all time. And I was so excited to see The Whale. And I have to say, on three separate occasions, I had tickets booked to see The Whale. And life just had different ideas for what needed to oh, happen. No. So I, three different times, had to bail on a screening of The Whale and just didn't get the chance to see it again. So um, I'm embarrassed. This is my uh, formal apology to uh sir darren aronofsky um as your biggest fan i failed you and uh, there will be a reckoning um if i love it you know i will uh pay for my sins and i'll fully admit that i made a huge mistake but we'll see i will definitely circle back and catch up with it as soon as i possibly can but unfortunately for the purposes of our list it just uh, god just intervened you know god has a way and uh, well, say, he didn't want me to see it, apparently. <laughs> I, I will say that you probably want to be in the right mindset or the right mood to watch it, though. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Without so. getting too personal, there is a reason why the choice was made to not see this particular movie. Uh, just some things going on. 
maybe me, maybe, you know, there's other factors involved, I'll say, but uh, I will see it as soon as I can. Quick tidbit on the wheel. Mm. Um, oh, God. Did you see that? Yeah, was that you backing up in a chair or something? <laughs> no. Or was that a, a fucking tugboat? That was a yeah, ghost. <laughs> no, that was my upstairs. Out at sea? <laughs> that was my upstairs neighbor scooting something across the floor. Oh my god, are you recording on a boom mic? Like a professional like movie-grade no. boom mic that just picks no. up like... <laughs> Because, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I feel like... I told like... you, Matt, I told you before we started not to give me any lip about the background noise, and here you are. <laughs> I'm just trying to make a point. Listen, all I'm saying is that if somebody, if somebody knew their cars, somebody could probably be like, that's a 2010 fucking Toyota Tundra in the background uh, driving past your house right Matt, now. Matt, like, we've talked about this a million times. Vivid, Every time you guys uh, are like, oh, you, you can hear I-5 from your Queen Anne apartment. And then every episode I listen and there's never any background noise on me. So why don't you go shove your thumb in your butthole and let me talk. Do you listen to our podcast on fucking <laughs> Skull Candy earbuds you bought at Hot Topic ten years ago? Like what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Says the audio engineer who said, "quote I can't edit out those sounds." God, Matt, just like grow up. <laughs> all right, all right, Paris. As you were saying, <laughs> as I was trying to say, um, the whale I watched literally yesterday. Um, so obviously haven't formulated final thoughts. Um, it's not going to come up for me again, but I, so I did want to just say, um, I had to, it was one of those ones where I had to sit in the credits for some minutes cause I was crying. I was crying, bawling like a damn baby. I will say though, it's very intense, right? It's very emotional. It got me, but it also is extremely fat phobic and I, it's, that is also something to process as you're watching it. And I would say that the first quarter of the movie, obviously I was focused on what the movie was going for outside of that, but it was difficult to engage because that was so upset by it. I obviously didn't, and I probably wouldn't have anyway, but I thought about leaving. And then I'm glad I stayed because I think it earned what it was doing, but I will say for anyone who is wanting to watch it that is that was a heavy thing for me as well Hmm. i appreciate that perspective and travis i also really appreciate your perspective on the movie too because you talked about it on our last episode um a little bit you know you didn't want to go too deep because i hadn't seen it but um i i just movie i need to see i can see that angle but and we don't need to get into it but i just I guess reacted to it in a different way for different reasons. Yeah. But uh, I don't care to get into them again. So it's not the place. No, that's okay. And I will say, like I, like I said, (laughs) that wasn't my feeling at the end. I was crying because it was so good um, and like beautiful and meaningful and stuff. But I will say this, this movie is pretty polarizing. So I'm glad you were able to see through that. And, and, um, I, I think, I think the movie is, trying to come from a place of good ultimately would i would agree all good intentions yeah sweet okay 
Um, Paris, what's your number nine? Yeah, my number nine is Big Ol' Barbarian. Hell yeah. What a wild movie. I thought I knew what it was going to be going in, and I will say the trailers spoiled some things for me, and I wish I'd gone in completely blind, because, my God, the twists, the reveals, what was going on in this movie? Obviously, we talk a lot about horror on the digest side, and I think that it's been a minute since I've seen something that could be both so terrifying while sort of revealing the the scary thing early on and also be so well done and well shot and well written and just really really interesting and to kind of play on our own assumptions about the world and yeah i i think it was really really just like a really phenomenal horror movie fuck yeah i'm glad i made your list um full disclosure that was the movie that i was toying with putting it at the 10 spot uh, for the most part it was between pearl and barbarian and i made the choice to go with pearl mostly because there are certain things about barbarian that are pretty um generic um some certain choices script choices i guess that felt a little obvious more so in the second half um some performance stuff wasn't all the way there so like when i compared the two there were certain things that i was like eh, i'm gonna give the edge to pearl but just from like a pure like the joy of going to the movies perspective like barbarian is probably top three of the year for me because i was like floored by the swings that that movie takes because I went in basically blind. So it worked for me. Um, Travis, I don't know if you're saving your thoughts. I know we did talk about it on the show, but I know those swings didn't maybe, uh, they weren't home runs for you. They were maybe doubles. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I wish I would have went in completely cold, got no one's reaction to the movie because I was, I was given a few, you know, reactions to the movie. And I think because of that, I went in with like a certain mindset and yeah. So I guess I was not surprised by the surprises because I was kind of anticipating them. Mm. Oh man. Testing, testing. Oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I just heard keys clacking and I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think Clean Feet's forgotten me. I had to uh, I had to reset the audio. I thought uh, Paris turned on her blender. (laughs) (laughs) Is Paris on? Oh, yeah. I am. What's up, Paris? Well, God, fuck. Sorry. I just spilled. Um. <laughs> Hi. She also was blender. surprised. All right. I mean, you guys, it's the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tom. Double dad. Co-founder of the podcast, Double Dad Double Tom. Dad. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. What's up, guys? What's up? 
you uh, just happened to jump in on our uh, our number nine films of the year, so you picked a good time to dive in. And Hold on, this. now, what time did you start? Well, (laughs) oh no, we had some business to take care of, um, and you know how it goes. There's some preamble, so yeah, 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 we'll we'll ramp up here. Tom is like, now I remember why I I stopped showing up for this bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for this. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, we're not going to waste your time, Um, Tom. You've had another kid. One of the main reasons why you haven't been here. Uh, the listeners have been asking, when's Tom coming back? What's going on with Tom? Um, we haven't heard what's been going on. Uh, why don't you just well, I got some everybody? News. I got some news. Ooh. My wife's pregnant. No. I'm- what? <laughs> God. I, for a second, I was like, he would say that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, no. Uh, but, you know, I think I think there's been a hole in my life for some time. I think that whole might might just be this podcast. So I might oh. I might have to return to the community sometime soon. Aw, maybe the doors around, uh, doors always open for you. But maybe around John John Wick release. <laughs> a definite at the very least, you're gonna come back for John oh, yeah. Wick chapter four. <laughs> at the very least, uh, c- couldn't miss it. Couldn't of course, miss it for the world. Well, uh, Tom, what was uh, if you could sum up your movie watching for the year 2022? Um, did you see any movies? What movies did you see? What was your favorite? Dude, I think I saw I I think I saw like three and a half movies. <laughs> uh <laughs> that were from twenty twenty two. There may be some others in there, but I was I, I didn't even attempt to log anything in Letterbox, so it's all out the window. I saw um wasn't wasn't the Batman mm-hmm. this year? Yeah, that was a February release. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I saw RRR. That was um the most recent. Oh my god! Of all, that would be the one that you would. <laughs> she used to watch. Well, my brother-in-law, friend of the pod, Joe, uh, he recommended it, and uh, we got like forty-five minutes into it the first night, but it was we started it way too late, and I was I was pretty captivated. I think the I think that first forty-five is probably the the strongest part of the whole movie, but amazing music, very fun, very absurd. Um, impossible to review, and uh, uh, I don't know if I'm giving any, anything away. Have you guys like formally reviewed RRR? I didn't even see it. Uh, uh, no, we have not. Okay, well, we need to start a petition to call it Triple R because RRR is just like the hardest thing to say. Yeah, are we fucking pirates? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Triple R. There's a scene with what I'm just gonna call Double Man, and that's that's really an, an incredible. Uh, an incredible moment in cinema. Wait, I saw RRR. What scene are you talking about? Uh, there's a scene late in the film when they have to, in some way, combine bodies to form one. <gasps> that is the best. No, that is the best. I love that so much. Are we talking like I... Majin Buu? Like no, we're talking more like Master stuff? Blaster. <laughs> master blaster what the fuck you gotta see it matt honestly you'll freaking love it oh i know i know it's just fucking three hours long yeah it took a few viewings um <laughs> i also saw uh everything all, everywhere all at once whatever it's called mm-hmm. that's not a good start whatever it's called well uh, i get it mixed up with extremely loud and incredibly close oh no <laughs> Yeah. Well, what did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. 
good. Is it really? one of the best movies you've ever seen in your whole life? Uh, it was when I watched it, but like the next morning, I was pretty pretty much over it. Oh my god! But um, it is uh, super fun, super clever. Uh, I mean, it was a five star movie for me. Just probably not one that I would like want to rewatch. Interesting. Okay. And then the last say, one I watched was oh, um, quick um, sick reference with uh, Master Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> Master Blaster is like a costume I wish I could do, but you know you'd, you'd be instantly canceled for it. Oh, dude! Just wait till your son's a li- one of your sons is a little <laughs> bit older. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google this. I don't even know what the fuck you guys. Are Matt, this is about. this is Mad Max Thunderdome. You haven't seen that? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> that would be such a sweet costume. Wait, actually, you should definitely. I just looked it up. You should definitely do it with one of your sons. <laughs> like that's that's, that's maybe I can perfect. convince my sons to do it together. <laughs> together. Mm, that's even better. You can't cancel yeah. children. <laughs> that's exactly. true. Yeah. I'll play Mel Gibson. He's already canceled, so he like takes all the heat for me. I think. Right. Not you as the person, just Mel Gibson. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I, I see no holes in your logic. Yeah, I say do it. Uh, let's see. Oh, the last one that I saw was, or saw some of, was um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And um, I got to say, probably however long into the movie the first real like mission he goes on is, when he has to like sneak into part of the house. Uh, Sarah and I looked at each other and I was like, are you enjoying this? And she said, I don't care about this at all. Oh. <laughs> I said, I am so bored and I'm not finding this funny. So we turned it off and uh, I think we're in the minority, but we were both just yeah. like, not into it. I don't think it's amazing, but I did like it. And I do think that it has a couple of the more funny moments of the year. Well, I didn't get to them. For what it's worth. <laughs> wow. Did you get to the scene where they're tripping? I can't That's remember. one of the funniest in the whole movie for me. I can't remember. But if I did, then it's oh, not saying much. Did for the nothing movie. For just, let's just say I didn't. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Let's just assume I didn't. Comedy no. is dead, though, so you know, who cares? But hold on. What, Tom, I, did I you need know to that hear... Travis hates movies now? <laughs> Hasn't he been hating them for a while? No, dude, he loves movies now. This is the year that Travis fell back in love <laughs> no. with cinema. You it's keep saying that. I don't know where you're getting that from. <laughs> oh no, it's it's true. I have science to back me up. <laughs> what were what was everybody's number ten at least? So uh, I'll give we we just finished ten and nine. So we'll we'll give you our ten and nines, um, and then I have one more question for you, and then we'll we'll let you go, and we'll get we'll get back on track, but. Uh, uh, my number 10 was Pearl, mm-hmm. and uh, my number 9 was Armageddon Time, which I think you and Sarah would uh, probably enjoy. Okay. I don't think I'd put it at the top of your list, though, considering you've only seen three and a half movies from this year. It, Pearl's uh, like a horror, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. saying I would put Armageddon Time pretty high on the Tom and Sarah list. Like, if you were both going to watch a movie together, what yeah. I know about Sarah's taste in movies... I would put Armageddon Time. Not necessarily the one that I would recommend to you, but yeah. Are we I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will need to be the judge, though. <laughs> Sarah said she watched um, Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. guess sometime when I was 
not present and that it was stupid. What did you guys think? <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, Definitely was, a step down it was, it was from fine. the original. Yeah, not as yeah. good as Knives Out, but it was enjoyable. enjoyable but eh. Okay, so we got Pearl, we got Armageddon Time. Uh, my 10 was Bones and All, the latest mm-hmm. Luca movie. And uh, number nine was The Whale. Righteous. Mm-hmm. In Paris. My 10 was The Batman. And my nine was Barbarian. Barbarian. See, I have to Google all this shit. <laughs> oh, Barbarian. <laughs> haven't heard about Barbarian, bro? Oh, my God. I would say that, if you don't know anything, just keep it Don't that keep it that it. way. Don't Google just it. Just watch it. Okay, yeah, I'm intrigued. Dude. I'm intrigued. The Scar, less Scarland. you know about it, yeah. The less you know, the better. <sighs> Good. Um. So, uh, did was there like was this like a TV year for you by any chance, or not? Hmm. Also, not TV. No, no, it was it was it was a TV year. That's a lot more approachable. Uh, I. So, Succession season three was 2022, right? So I watched that. Yes. Yeah. They haven't missed a year, I don't think. And then, uh, and then I convinced Sarah to watch the show. So I rewatched all three with her, and it was just as good, maybe even better, second time through. That show is incredible. Um, just finished most recently, The Bear, mm-hmm. which I ended up loving. I'm really glad I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, hmm. Oh, uh, what was that Apple? Apple TV show, the Severance. Yeah, Severance was incredible. I oh yeah, what a fucking cliffhanger, man! Big time. That show is huge. I can't wait for season two. Mm-hmm. And we watched the first episode of uh, The Last of Us, so mm. you know, it was good. Some watch it yet. Very yeah. cool. Okay, well, um, before we let you go, Tom, uh, I'm gonna on the spot. I'm gonna propose uh, that the three of us recommend if we had to recommend one movie mm, for easy. tom that easy. tom catch up off the list just well not just in general like if there's like what's the most tom movie you can think of that tom needs to watch travis it sounds like you immediately have an answer what easy. were you thinking the northman yeah uh, see that's not that's not what i was going for but um sure i see it come on no, tom dude. loves that kind of shit no 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 no, no. What Tom really loves is sci-fi movies that are Oof. barely sci-fi about Oof. the human existence. We're talking after Yang. You gotta see after Yang. <gasps> okay, a great choice from Matt. Wow, coming out the cuts. Tom, <laughs> what is the okay. Antonio Banderas movie that you made 13th me Warrior. watch? Yes. 13th Warrior. <laughs> so, Northman is 100 times better than that movie. So <laughs> Sick. I think I think he'll be into it. I mean, you love Gladiator, Braveheart, like you know, dude. It's, come it's, on, it's got that kind of vibe to it. It's maybe I didn't <laughs> stop being an eleven-year-old boy. <laughs> I mean, it's got the the Eggers, you know, spin or flair to it, but mm-hmm. I, I think you're into that as well. So put that all together, and boom. There you I go. love me a shirtless hero with a sword. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and Bjork. I'll give you that. And Bjork. <laughs> Can't forget Bjork. That's a good one. That's a good one. What about you, Paris? Can you think of something uh, off the top? So here's the thing. I feel like I'm at a severe disadvantage because I'm going to be honest with all of you. I've never been able to nail down Tom's 
preference in movies. Like I, I have no idea who Tom is. He's a bit of an enigma. That is, that is true. <laughs> it's part of the reason Especially why we love him. Especially because his top ten lists are usually like, I don't know, I saw some movies. Like, <laughs> I just well, lately they've been three point five movies long. So, but even like his best of all time was just like a wild list where I was like, are well, all of these listen, movies from your dad? Listen, I, I didn't. You know. <laughs> Well, they are. They are. But Matt and Travis have been crafting these lists over literally decades, storing them, refining them, you know, rearranging them, fucking flashcards with directors on them. Is so, that is that how they do that? Behind yeah, the scenes. I mean, yeah. I had to like, He's pretty cool. all time, I had to be like, well, I have things ranked from 2018. So... I guess I'll just go through all of human existence just in my mind and think of the other ones. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty huge. So is that okay, your way of saying? So, are, yeah. Are you, are you yeah. Uh, deferring? Paris? <laughs> so I was going to defer, but I have what I think might be an oddball pick, mm. but I'm going to go with it. And I'm going to say after sun. Yeah. After Sun. Yeah. yeah, that could be a good okay. one. That's that's okay. also Tom, huge. it is on my yeah. voodoo. If you, if you need the credentials, again, just let me know. I'll okay. fire them off your way. Oh, no. I've got them saved. Okay, great. <laughs> if I can <laughs> describe yeah. it in a, in a quick summation for you, Tom, mm. it is a simple story of a father and daughter on vacation, and it's dreamy and memories and looking back and childhood and parenthood and that's it <laughs> oh you know what is one movie that we're forgetting for tom is it's an obvious choice it's freaking tar thank you i was gonna say is anybody gonna get my my girl Kate i in here? don't actually think tom would like that but yeah Con, or, agree tom loves Kate blanchett so yeah I don't, who doesn't yeah i mean we well, all love Kate blanchett travis okay chill well. out it, I just I think I've I got would the be edge curious. You. Yeah, I, I think Tom's the number one of, of us. <laughs> Tar was my number twelve of the year, so I'm not saying I didn't like it. Okay. Tar Listen. was a five star movie for me, but I feel like a lot of that had to do with my specific viewing experience that Tom will not have. We can all mm. have opinions on what we wish Tom would watch, but at the end of the day, it's Tom's choice to, to instead replay Olden Ring for the fourth time. <laughs> 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 so that is Tom's choice. Oh, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Catch me on Xbox after this. Fuck that, dude. Hit him up. All right. Oh my god. Um, it's anything not too else, late, Tom? I will join you. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before we let you go? Missy fam, um, I'll be back sometime 2023. I'm feeling it. Huge. The, return. Oh the return. The <laughs> return of the Tom once again. With more insightful thoughts and opinions. Stay tuned for the best of 2023 list where Tom saw six movies, two of which he gave a 2.5. It's going to be huge. Stay and three of which all... were children's. <laughs> Stay tuned new for all you wanted and more on college basketball on this movie podcast. It's going to be fucking huge. All right, guys. Good luck with the rest of the list. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Right. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Yes, Bye. sir. Adios. All right. Later, dude. Oh, man. What a pleasure. What a joy.
I hope the listeners enjoyed that. That was amazing. Uh, my heart is overflowing with love and emotion. Um, wow. Just wow. All right. Mine is, mine is full, but is not overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> I can take it or leave it. Well, maybe it will overflow with joy once I divulge uh, my number eight film of the year. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying this is a bit of a legacy pick. This is me saying... <laughs> Aren't they all with you? <laughs> <laughs> this is me. This this represents not just this movie, but over two decades of my life. Um, the movie I'm referring to is Jackass Forever, my number eight film of the year. At least it's not Halloween Ends. It could That's have been. That's what I thought it, it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Jackass Forever. Um, the Jackass crew was super formative uh, in my early years. And I think more than I ever really realized, kind of shaped my sense of humor and just kind of my sensibilities and just kind of... I, I kind of took for granted just how much I really appreciated this fucking team of misfits uh playing games with their dick and balls together um just really has brought me so much joy over like i said more than 20 years of my life i started watching jackass at a very young age probably nine or ten uh, around when it was a thing and um i'm not gonna say jackass forever is the best jackass movie in fact it might be the worst but that's you know, that's like saying that uh, uh, Steve Baldwin is the worst Baldwin brother. You know, they're all they're all amazing. I could not have picked a worse <laughs> fucking. Panicked. I could not have picked a worse. Are you joking? When the best one is that. a murderer. Uh, yeah. Jesus. Are you like? What are you even talking about? I think you get the right sentiment now? I was going for. They all rule. Uh, it's probably the worst of the four core movies but it still brought me so much joy in a year where if i had to pick my theme it's movies that made my heart sing and brought me so much joy and that's what jackass forever was for me i got to be reunited with some it felt like being reunited with old friends and i made some new friends along the way and i laughed harder than i laughed at any other movie this year and uh there was no way there was going to be a list without jackass forever on it so here it is at number eight i loved it Poopies was a great addition. Poopies, huge. Dark Shark, huge. <laughs> um, Zach, you know, I feel whatever about, but, you know, it's just, oh, God, I, I, I love Jackass, and I, I'm dying to rewatch it. I also watched the 4.5 movie, um, which is also good. Every Jackass, 0.5 or uh, core Jackass. Half or whole. It all rules. Half or whole. It's all huge. So, <laughs> Matt, I share your love for Jackass, but not enough to put that one on my top ten list. You're just you're not a you know you're not a hero like I am. So I get it. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> you got to vote with your picks sometimes. I was I voted. This was a heart, dick, and ball vote. It was all of the above. <laughs> and you know what? You can make a dick and balls look like a heart. So there you go. All right. Jesus, can we move on, you guys? Come on. Uh, all right. My number eight is Nope, directed mm. by Jordan Peele. And this is a blockbuster done right. 
there are some amazing sequences in the movie. And um, I just, I mean, we've talked about it before on the show, but uh, I just love what Peel is doing as a director. Uh, I think he swings for the fences every time, and I think he tries to pack in as much into his movies as possible. I mean, there's there's so many little, like, nuggets and Easter eggs to discover in his films. And, um, yeah, I'm glad he's getting a platform to kind of do whatever he wants to do as a uh, creative. And um, I love all the Gordy stuff. Gordy's my boy. Oh, yeah. The Gordy stuff is some of my favorite. Nice. Yeah, Nope was in the mix for me, too. I also like Nope quite a bit. Um, now, was that that was not a five-star movie then, right? You said only your top not six. not a five-star. Mm-hmm. Four and a half, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me, too. Okay. Well, very cool. I'm glad it represented. Uh, you know, perhaps it will come up again. I don't. I actually don't know where Paris lands on that movie, but um, cool. Glad to see it made your list. All right, Paris. What's your number eight? Yes, my number eight of the year is what I recommended for Tom. It's After Sun. Mm. I think, despite the fact that this should have been called After Daughter, am I right? Um, sorry, oh, that was. Oh my. Sorry. <laughs> that was embarrassing. I'll, I'll continue. Um, I thought that this movie was absolutely beautiful. In the beginning, I was, I don't want to say bored, but I was kind of like, okay, where are we going with this? Is something bad going to happen? Like, where, like, what are we leaning towards? What are we moving towards? I wouldn't even call it a slow burn. It's just a lot of things happen and you're like, all right, things are happening, I guess. It's, we're slicing some life, but like, what are we doing? And I think that by the end, I was just so overcome with that feeling of nostalgia and looking back at memories and trying to figure out what went wrong and sort of the elusiveness of those memories and how they're sometimes different and utilizing the art of cinema in like some really cool ways one of which being the intercuts and the ending shot and I don't know, I just I just fucking love this movie, you guys. I'm so glad I crammed it in the very last second. This is the last movie I watched of 2022. And my God, I'm so glad I did. Damn, okay. Glad you made the time for it. I will say that I'd be curious if you were to revisit your list a week from now. Uh, if it would go higher or not, because uh, that was a movie that I had to sit with. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it might come up again later. Um, so beautifully said. I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it and you made the time for it. I just heard a yeah, an inhale, too. a deep inhale. Was that you, Travis? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, maybe I'm hearing shit. It wasn't me either. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's my mind playing tricks with me. All right. Well, wonderful. That was uh, number eight. So let's move on to our number seven picks of the year. Uh, my number seven was uh, Jared Carmichael's directorial debut on the count of three. Um, wow. This is a movie that 
Um, you know, I was curious about, but I honestly, I wasn't going to make the time for it. And then I had some time to watch a movie and I was going to watch a movie with Haley and I gave her some options and this is the one she wanted to watch. So we watched it and, and the runtime is right. It's used the runtime. It's half of some of these other bullshit movies that I was facing. <laughs> so that was a big plus. Um, and man, I am glad I did. I uh, was very surprised. This was probably my biggest surprise of the year just because, you know, like I, it was a movie that like, I have a lot of people on my letterbox friends list who like have seen the movie and no one was like, you know, over the moon about it for the most part. So I was like, okay, well, including myself, including you. Um, although I did see you crammed in a rewatch and listen, all I'm saying, get it two more two or three more rewatches and maybe you'll be where i am because you know it's a half star bump each web. specifically rewatched it based on your rating slash log <laughs> you were like did i miss something or is matt just on one it turns out matt's yeah. on one it was well it went up at. a little bit but ultimately yeah matt's kind of on one <laughs> i um it's one of the funniest movies of the year i was really surprised by how much i laughed watching this movie um Travis, you alluded to the Papa Roach uh, last resort bits being, uh, you know. Killer. They were huge. They landed for sure. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. Even beyond that, like, I think um, Christopher Abbott, I mean, he's always fucking awesome. He's, like, quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. Like, I want to watch everything that he's in. Um, He's amazing in it. This is one of those movies that I think I particularly admire because it just feels like the kind of movie that I would want to make. When, you know, I decide to stop being lazy and try to write a screenplay, like dark comedy, very morbid sense of humor. I love the interplay between Jared Carmichael and Christopher Abbott, who are playing like best friends with one another. Um, It's not like the story has too many like unexpected like twists and turns. Like I wouldn't go as far as saying it's generic, but, you know, like I wouldn't say there were surprises, but it's the script for me. I think that really, really stood out to me. I thought it was heartfelt. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I thought it was very dark and, you know, kind of has an optimistic as optimistic as a movie about double suicide can be, um, as an optimistic ending. So I, uh, I was really kind of surprised and blown away by this movie and, um, I had to make room for it. So here it is. Uh, the first five-star movie on my top ten list on the count of three. Well, Matt, I'm glad it worked for you fully. But um, for me, I think it goes a little wrong towards the end and kind of stumbles to its ending. I think I like it's the very end of it, but like the last, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, I feel like there's like some some questionable stuff in it. Keeping it vague, questionable, interesting. Okay, I, 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 this is a conversation I, I want to have with you off air because I am, I am curious to know what you, your thoughts on it. Um, I think I have, I have a hunch, but interesting. Okay, Paris, I, this is not one that you saw, right? No, honestly, it was barely on my radar. I had to look it up when you said the name. I, to be fair, I didn't even catch it the first time. All I heard was three, and I was like. What the fuck is even this movie? Um, <laughs> but I looked it up and it I was like, for oh, the listeners. On, on the count, the count of, three. of three. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, from the poster, I was like, oh, yeah, that looks that looked like a movie. 
But <laughs> I have no no thoughts. I haven't heard any buzz. So from you both, this is what I'm hearing about it. So I'm getting a mixed review. Therefore, maybe I'll watch it at some point. It's on Hulu, so easily accessible. I mean, I ultimately liked it. Just didn't love it. Yeah, like Matthew. Cool. Okay. Well, Travis, what's your number seven? We're already at my number seven, eh? Mm-hmm. All right. My number seven was Paris's number ten, The Batman. Ooh. <laughs> kind of a boring choice, just because we've had so much Batman over the years, and um, I don't know. It just seems like a be a little too franchisey for a top ten list. But I will say that this was a great installment of the Bat. Um, I don't know where it necessarily ranks in the Batman films for me, but it's near the top. Maybe not the tip top. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's also dealing with, you know, so many many renditions that came before it. So, kind of tough. But, you know, impressive that it still made my list, uh, given all that. And... uh, you know, I have to support my boys, Matt Reeves and uh, Pat. And I um, thought there were some great action sequences, um, some great performances. I love the uh, world building. And I'm not excited about the TV shows that they're, I think, launching from this. But I hope we get some more films that follow this story Ew, line. the what? Come on. How could you not be excited about an, a Colin Farrell spinoff show, dude? I don't get excited about TV. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) At all. That was, that was quite a line drawn in the sand there, Travis. (laughs) I don't, I get excited about movies. Um, But yeah, it's a epic crime drama, but um, you know, it's got that Batman spin, I guess you could call it added to it. And, um, yeah, probably one of the best um, movie-going experiences of the year. Very cool. All right. Shout out to the fucking coward who commented on our The Batman episode oh, shit-talking yeah. us and then deleted his comment. The best shout part about out it to, is to that he, douche. He commented on SoundCloud, which... That's what I was going to say. Didn't what he comment on joke. SoundCloud? Because, like, I mean... The fact that we even have it on SoundCloud is wild, but the fact that someone went to SoundCloud, commented on it, felt weird about it, deleted it, like, what kind of fucking weirdo does that? No, listen, I don't want to be too derogatory about SoundCloud, (laughs) because technically they are the host of this podcast and have been for the whole time we've done this show, so... You know, SoundCloud, we're not going to turn away, you know, like, sponsorship money if you want to make us, like, a formal, you know... SoundCloud podcast, like we, no, we, no one here would if say no. SoundCloud, if you sponsor us, I will only say good things. It would Until be then, <laughs> but really, who who comments on SoundCloud podcast posts? I mean, for real, we use you for the RSS feed. Let's be real, SoundCloud. But you know, also let's be real. Give us give us your money. Not that you have any money, but anyway, <laughs> enough uh, SoundCloud talk. Uh, <laughs> the Batman number seven. That's very cool. Um, anything else on the Batman before we move on to Paris? Mm, no, I think uh, Paris covered a lot of the extra stuff I could say about it. Oh, we did do a quite long episode about the Batman back at true. its time of release that uh, our friend that we just discussed loved so much. So check it out. It's a big episode. Kyle's on that one. 
I will say that that was this is probably one of the movies I would have liked to rewatch to uh, see where it fell, but um, it's three hours long, and I, I just had other priorities, mm-hmm. but still made the list. Nice. All right, Paris. Speaking of three hours long, my pick coming in at number seven, it's going to be Triple R. That's R cubed. <laughs> That's Rise Riot Revolt. That is a spectacular from start to finish. Like, talk about. I saw this one at home and I felt like it was in a movie theater. It, it, spectacle, pure spectacle. It was campy without being over the top. It had beautiful costuming and set pieces, massive, massive action filled set pieces. More slow mo than a superhero movie, more tigers than a zoo, more hot <laughs> men than I could handle. Let me tell you. There was really interesting twists and turns. It's got action, romance, comedy, drama. Like, it, it seems meaningful as well. Like, it feels like there's also a lot there. Y'all, I, the three-hour runtime, I cannot stress this enough. Take it as a two-movie or take it as an intermission. My understanding is that most Bollywood movies are super long. And when they show them in theater, they just have a really long intermission in the middle. So, like, you're good, you're golden, you're refreshed. Then you come back to it. And it has, there is a perfect part where you know it's like, okay, this is the intermission. And it's almost at the halfway point. It just, an interesting thing about this, though, I will say, is originally we were like, oh, well, we want to watch it in the language that it was performed in, and we'll just do English subtitles. Because I watched this with Kurt, and we watched um, uh, a lot of stuff like that, a lot of foreign films like that. Turns out you cannot do that on Netflix. Because the version on Netflix is in Hindi with English subtitles which Hindi is not the original language. The original language, I do not want to mispronounce. Um, it starts with a T, and I don't want to missay it. Telugu? Um, <laughs> Travis will just fucking do it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> Telugu? <laughs> it's T-E-L-U-G-U. 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 So I think Telugu or Telugu is, is probably close. Um, I, my apologies for probably butchering that, but, um, yeah, so it was, so then we were going to watch it dubbed, but then the dub didn't match the subtitles. Even with all that, we ended up watching it in Hindi with English subtitles because that seemed to fit the best. Even with all of that, it was still so good. Yeah. When I watched it on Netflix. So you did watch it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why I thought you didn't. Yeah. I watch everything. Remember? <laughs> right, right, right. My bad. Nice. Any other thoughts on RRR, Paris? Um, any other thoughts on RRR? Yes. And one final thought is that I think it really actually made me want to watch more uh films uh from India because I was hesitant Cause I was like, you know, is it going to resonate with me culturally, etc. I loved it. So it really made me want to check more out in that, um, from that area of the world. 
Matt, we got a La La Land scenario on our hands here. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, ahead. Yeah. Where, where yeah, we say we'll watch more musicals, but we, we don't. And then we don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant that that made you love musicals. No, just kind of an inside joke from six years ago. <laughs> that was a deep Perfect. cut. Um, Travis, does the acronym RRR mean anything to you? It means right, right, right. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember, and I'm not going to say what it is because I'm not trying to get you canceled or anything, but I oh, remember geez. there was a band name that you thought would be hilarious that was RRR uh, was the acronym. Oh, man. And, uh, I that just popped it. Do you know what I'm this, talking about? No. Well, I remember the conversation, but... <laughs> We were playing Pokemon Go in Bellevue. Matt, should we keep talking about this? Is it well, something no, like no one's this is it, off air? Hold on. Is it something running rampant? Yep, it sure is. Is it retarded? I think we know what the first oh R is. Yeah, what? You guys, come on. <laughs> and that was when I saw oh that. my God, Travis, you movie. and your stupid, goofy laugh. Get out of here. That's my favorite. Anyway, that popped into my head. Anytime I see wow. that acronym. Talk about a deep story. <laughs> I completely forgot about that till you brought it up. Uh, it popped into my head, so I was like, um oh. Huge. Oh, God. <laughs> it's probably still on the table. <laughs> yeah, you could, it's probably available if you want to start yeah. a band. Um, Maybe not the best time for it. No. <laughs> Maybe not, but, you know. That's our number seven, RRR. Um, let's move on to our number six. Uh, let's get the, let's get the show on the road. We're we're uh, dragging ass. Oh yeah. Uh, my number six film of the year uh, is Terrifier Two. Wow, huge. I <laughs> fucking love Terrifier Two. If I had to pick. There's only, as far as theatrical experiences go, there's only one other movie I would put higher, and that will become clear later in the show. Um, but Ter- Terrifier 2 is a movie that I would recommend to almost no one, yet for a very specific type of horror hound, this is the pinnacle. It does not get any better. I was blown away by the scope and scale of this movie. The kills, like most movies have like one or two memorable kills. This movie has like 10 memorable kills. And it's it's funny and it is like inventive and it's a lot more ambitious than you would think a sequel to a movie about a killer clown would be. But I fucking loved everything about this movie and it's almost two and a half hours long and uh you know all i'll say is i had an incredible time watching this and couldn't get the gumption to watch the fablemans so you know similar run times but i just there's just more here for me and uh i absolutely adore terrifier too i'm glad it was such a success travis bought me the 4k Best Buy exclusive uh, Blu-ray for my birthday. Aw, cute. Yeah. So it's sitting proudly on the shelf behind me as we record, and I'm dying for a rewatch. So Terrifier 2, my number six film of the year. Well, Matt, it's uh, because of you that 
I was uh, turned on to these movies. At the beginning of this year, I was more like Terrifier Who. And um, I I tried to be a champion of this movie. This was the movie that I actually rewatched last night. Oh. And it got the boot, unfortunately. Oh, no. Wait, so did I have you start rating or? Yes, it's going to go down slightly. Um, I have to be true to myself. I do love aspects of this movie and I want to champion it. It is it is great as like a gore filled like Halloween, you know, like watch every year around that season type movie. But I have to say it's too long and you know, some of the acting is not great and yeah, I mean I, I think the main issue is it it is too long. I don't think there's one wasted second in this two and a half that hour is a horror epic, that horror is a epic, <laughs> killer intro theme titles with killer music. Lauren Lavera is uh, an iconic scream queen as far as I'm concerned, just from her one role in this film. Art the Clown, I mean, come on. He's the new fucking Jason slash Michael Myers slash Freddy Krueger. I mean, he's going to be on billboards come Terrifier 3. Um, I, I'm with you on, on all that. Where's the Funko? Where's the Art the Clown Funko? I mean, I know, it's got to right? be coming. Um, yeah. Again, like I said, I can't really recommend this movie to many people, but uh, it's one of the most insanely violent movies I've ever seen in my whole life. But man, does it rule. Terrifier 2 would literally be Chelsea's like nightmare. Worst like, nightmare. Worst. <laughs> like worst movie possibly imagined would be Terrifier 2. <laughs> I can't imagine her even watching like 10 minutes of it, let alone 138 or whatever its runtime is. Yeah, to be fair, you probably can't go more than 10 minutes without something repulsive happening. So that's fair. Okay, cool. That's my number six. Travis, what's your number six? All right, we're getting into the five star films. Mm. My number six is BBB Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Ugh. Uh, the best murder mystery of the year. Uh, for me, honestly, I, I know I just said that uh, Batman was one of the best movie-going experiences, but Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was like at least an at least the first half of the year was the standout as far as like just a movie-going experience in the theater. First twenty minutes or so, I was not really buying into the movie, but as the uh, mystery or plot progressed or unfolded i got more into it and um i just love the the dynamics between the characters and uh thought there were some really suspenseful moments and um i'm curious to see how it holds up on a rewatch but i will say that i was not expecting the ending and the ending was the cherry on top it the ending absolutely killed it for me and tied everything up in a nice little bow real missed opportunity for our award ceremony i mean this year we had rrr we had bbb we should have had a category called mmm for most mid movie and that would be bodies 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 for me (laughs) (laughs) for sure it would be bodies 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 for me damn that's a good joke but i strongly disagree this this movie was in my top 10 for up until very recently, and it got bumped to 14. Mm. 
Good riddance, as far as I'm concerned. Also, Travis, I'm uh, glad you loved it. So, some good humor, and um, I also like the soundtrack quite a bit. Couldn't name one song from the soundtrack, but that's probably a me thing. Not a. (laughs) That's probably not the fault of the movie. Hot, hot girl. That's a banger. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about, but uh, I'll take your word for it. I think that's the name of the song. Hot, hot girl. (laughs) No, just hot girl. Oh, just hot girl. (laughs) Cool. All right, bodies, bodies, bodies. That's a cool guy pick. Um, All right, that was what number six, Paris. What's your number six? My number six, another hot Tom wreck. We've got the Northman coming in. I was going to say hot, but frankly, frigid. Cold as ice. Cold as a Skarsgård's eyes. Looking at you (laughs) across a frozen tundra. And maybe you're also a witch? I fucking loved this film. The combination of realism, surrealism, magic, the icy north... You know, uh, uh, scars guards coming in from all angles, just ripping people apart. What is not to love about this like f- grisly fairy tale epic? Like, holy crap! Sick. The Northman is one I'm really excited to to revisit. Uh, it's one that like, it, like it's number thirteen for me. So it was certainly in the mix, but um, I've. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it later in the show. I'm sure. Honestly, this this kind of solidified good old Egghead for me. Yeah. See, Matt. Ten years from now, you're gonna be like, God damn it! Why did I put these cool picks on here when I could have put the Northman on? No, no. I mean, the ironic part is this is this is also the year I got into Bjork as a as a musician, and I didn't include uh, her first film appearance in like a decade plus. So. Yeah, you're probably right. I'll probably come to regret that, but you as definitely it stands, will. <laughs> as it stands, the Northman didn't make it. But Just want to get that on record. I'm glad to see it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's always on record. Two years, Matt's gonna be like, I don't know what I was talking about. You guys are so right, Matt. You still need to rewatch the Lighthouse too. Could be huge. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You've need to is a strong. You've only seen it once. Will honestly, do at some point, this sure. feels like the three of us. Should do a little Bobby Egghead. Maybe Tom, too, if he's up for it. Should do a little Bobby Egghead movie screening. I would love that. Interesting. All right. Have we talked about the shirts that we want to make on the show? (laughs) Have we ever actually, like, said it on air? I don't know if we have, but we did at least flirt with the idea with Tom. I can't remember if it was on or off air, though. It. So if there's any interest, you need to make your interest known by sending us an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. But we've toyed with the idea of printing shirts in the style of like those shirts that say like, uh, you know, like a person's name and like John and Paul and uh, Ringo and you know whatever but mm-hmm. with exclusively mispronounced Cinephiles Digest names so we'd be talking Bob Egghead and Get a Grey Wig and um, Joe Go Laz Berman, Berman. <laughs> 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 uh, there's a 
couple other that I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but if this sounds amazing to you, you need to voice your support because it's not going to happen if if only us are going to subscribe wear them. to the Patreon for only ninety nine dollars a month, and you too can be the owner of this dumb dumb shirt. That's your sign up bonus. Sign to the ninety nine dollar Patreon, and you get a free shirt. But not until you sign up for the Patreon. No, let us know because I want to wear that shirt, but. I haven't even looked into the cost of it. But anyway, just thought I'd bring that up because it cracks me up every time I think about it. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, fuck, yeah. Okay, so that was number six. Are we ready for number five? Yep. 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 Fuck, yeah. Okay. Well, my number five film is a little flick called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Um, this one I think is probably best described as polarizing. Um, people either seem to love it or hate it for the most part. Uh, and speaking as myself, as a terminally online individual who has been since probably the age of, you know, 12 or 13, um, there's just something about like the tone of this movie and the subject matter that just like really creeped me out and just like i found so fascinating so for the for those who aren't familiar this is a movie about this teenager named casey who is like a like a youtuber type personality who is invested in some sort of like message board like online viral sensation called uh the world's fair and it's like a role playing type trend where people like watch some video and it's supposed to like have like ill effects on your body so it's like a storytelling experiment about this this video this viral video and i think the the lead performance is one of my favorites of the year so uh, the actress's name is anna cobb i was riveted by her performance um as this teenager who decides to take the plunge and join this this viral uh sensation and it's mostly told from the perspective of like webcam cameras but it's not just that like there's some actual like cinematography and like camera work that kind of breaks the diegesis of the film and it's it's not just one of these like behind the camera behind the webcam movies like like an unfriended or something um but i just i just love what it has to say about like identity and like struggling to find your place in the world and like there being a disconnect between who you are as a person in the quote unquote real world and the version of yourself that you're presenting online. And also just kind of like the seedy nature of like the anonymity that's involved with the internet and people's motivations with how you interact with, with people and content on the internet and like just deep dive, like message board cultural culture. And I just like, I was completely and utterly fascinated by this movie and I uh, was very enamored by it. And uh, I was kind of surprised because I had heard some things about this movie, but I decided to take the plunge and uh, ended up absolutely loving it. So uh, we're all going to the world's fair is my number five film in the air. 
Matt, thank you for not using the term creepy pasta, or I would have had to exit from the show. <laughs> Listen, I've heard enough about creepy pasta. <laughs> I know that's the main like thing people point to, but like I, I was never like I know what creepy pasta is, but like I don't necessarily think that's a good. I don't. I th- like so. I did read some interviews with the director, and that is something that 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 they reference. So I get it, but. That's I was not, not aware of the term to. until this movie, actually. Oh, really? But I really oh, man, that's where Slenderman came from. I yeah. don't, I don't uh, live online, or at least in the uh, spaces that you guys do. I was you actually going to say Blow as soon movies. as you said that, I was like, <laughs> Travis is chronically less online than Matt and I for sure. <laughs> he has touched grass today, probably. <laughs> oh, I do a fair share of scrolling, but um, I just maybe don't go deep enough. Uh, I did not care for this movie, but I do think that the main performance was pretty strong. It's just um, not my kind of bag. I uh, like things a little more cinematic, and this one was not it. Um, One last thing I'll say before I move on. There is one specific image and scene from a body horror perspective that has stuck with me, and it involves pulling uh, tickets out of an arm that I had a very visceral reaction to. That was very well done. Matt, could you give us a rundown of your 10 through, what, we're five now, right? That was five? Yeah, 10 through five. I guess we should have done 10 through six. 10 through Uh, six. Just a little halfway point for everyone. Yeah, so you guys can do this before you give your five picks, uh, just to make it easy. But since I just gave my five, a quick halfway rundown. Uh, My number 10 was Pearl. Number nine was Armageddon Time. Eight was Jackass Forever. Seven, On the Count of Three. Six, Terrifier Two. And for me, uh, five, we're all going to the World's Fair. Uh, And that leads us into Travis's uh, number five. But first, give us a brief rundown of your uh, 10 through six. 10 through six. 10, Bones and All. Nine, The Whale. Eight, Nope. Seven, the Batman and six bodies, bodies, bodies. Matt, I will say your list is shaping up to be maybe one of the most unique lists I've uh, encountered for 2022. And you know what? For the first time, maybe ever, didn't try to do that. <laughs> you know, because there's a certain level of like, you know, I'm going to, I want to highlight this pick. Tried it's not so on hard, list. got so far. In the end, does it ever even really matter? <laughs> Killer. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be short and sweet with my number five. Uh, it is Blonde. And uh, not going to sit here and defend this pick. I like it and others don't. And so y'all can piss off. Okay. Very cool. That was Travis's number five and my number <laughs> 55 of 55. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Um, All right, that's Travis's number five and my 60 of 62. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We love love Blonde around here. It's not number one. It was number one for the longest time. So, well, really? Yeah. At least after I saw it, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, we get into an in-depth conversation on Blonde uh, on our Blonde episode. So definitely check that one out because that's a good one. I will, real quick, I'll say that I can see how it can be problematic, but I still think it's maybe a little misunderstood. I think the the fact that it's getting nominated for so many Razzies is just silly. 
I would disagree with that. Yeah, but on a filmmaking <laughs> level, it's just it's not it's not anywhere near the bottom. It's probably near the top if we're talking filmmaking. If we were talking like if you couldn't hear what anyone was saying and you just no subtitles, no sound and you just watched it, yes, I wholeheartedly I agree. All my that is a well that's a well-made movie. <laughs> If you couldn't hear or understand what was going on. This seems like a movie that if you like, you know, those like AI generators, like if you just like typed in like Marilyn oh Monroe, my God. Marilyn Monroe yes. rape pretentious, this would be the movie that like an AI algorithm would spit out is kind of how I felt about Blonde. <laughs> um, fucking hate this movie. And you know. I'm not trying to yuck your yum. We did that on our episode. That's fine. So I'm glad, glad, <laughs> glad I made the list. Um, that's your number five? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. Paris, what about your number five? Oh, actually, before you say your number five, of course, uh, recap your 10 through six, please. That would be wonderful. Sure thing I will. My 10 through six in order are... 10 Batman, 9 Barbarian, 8 After Sun, 7 RRR, 6 The Northman, and number 5 coming in hot. We've already talked about it a bunch on this podcast. That's going to be freaking Bones and All. Ooh. And let me start at the beginning and end at the end. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> this movie got me Bones and All. End of review. <laughs> Sorry. No, that was dumb. Um, I think that there's not too much really more to say. We said a lot in the review and that was fairly recent. But I'll say even after sitting with this for longer, this is just one of those movies that I think I'm going to think about all the time forever. I think that this is another one where if you if you turned off your ears and didn't know what was going on, how fucking beautiful it would be. And then yet also the story is so interesting. The coming of age element, the strong, strong acting from our boy T. Shao. Like it's just beautiful and romantic and horrifying and creepy and dark. And like all of those things are wonderful. It's just so well done. And I haven't seen call me by your name and i know that's like a crime against film but it really made me want to see it more so than any other like positive review has very cool sorry i stepped away for like 30 seconds um i'm sorry if i came in at a bad <laughs> a bad time um, I was here the whole time, Paris. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was done. I, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I didn't catch you, what you said, and I came back to and uh, and then you, I, you clearly had reached an end point, but I didn't hear what preceded it. Anyway, I was a bad host. I I drank my fourteen percent beer and went to get some bourbon. That's okay. In my glass, I I you like I am muted, so I step away constantly. I have Bluetooth <laughs> headphones. So. Paris, I don't want to overhype it too much, and I think we've done our fair share of praise for calling by your name. Oh, but man. I don't. Yeah, it would be. I would be flabbergasted if you didn't love it. It's a safe bet. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that's the problem is it was so highly hyped that I was like, I think I need to give it some space so I can just watch it, you know, and not be like, this is going to be the best movie ever. I mean, I've said it before. If you're in the mood to just be a puddle of tears, just watch Call Me By Your Name. Girl, that is always my (laughs) Just cry along with Timothy Chalamet. That's all I'm going to say. So you you should. It is a stone cold stunner. Mm -hmm. Big time. Very cool. Bones and all, number five. And that brings us to our number four picks. My number four film is Marshell the Shell with Shells on. I love this movie. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Marshell the Shell with Shells on. <laughs> I fucking love this movie so much. It made my heart sing. I know I've said that like three times before, but this is a movie that just made me feel good about being alive, which is a reminder that I need constantly. And this is one that truly, oh my God, it's just like everything from like the way it's animated, like the stop motion, the way they accomplish like the lighting effects in this movie. Jenny Slate's voiceover work is incredible. And I was just so moved by this movie, like the sentiment of just like, slowing life down and taking things putting them into perspective and just like really making you realize like what is important in life i know that probably sounds really corny but it just like was the movie that i needed at the time that it came out and i think it's so funny and clever and i'm honestly like of any movie on my list other than my my number one movie, like this is the movie that I would say like made me love movies this year. Like I was just start to finish in awe. It made me so happy. It made me cry. There's truly not enough superlatives that I could use to describe this movie, um, which really surprises me because I like watched the YouTube stuff back when it was popular and thought it was like, you know, cutesy and, you know, whatever, but like it never really did much for me. So the fact that this is my number four movie of the year, I'm more surprised than anybody, but I, like I said, I I don't have enough kind words to say about this movie. It was the movie I needed. Uh, In many ways, it's the movie of 2022 for me. And um, it means a lot to me. So Marcel the Shell with shoes on. It's my number four. All right, Travis. All right. My number four is After Sun. Uh, This was probably... (laughs) Uh, probably the quietest least genre film on my list Uh, i think it has some amazing tender moments and um it was relatable to me on a couple different levels um i thought there were some great sequences the one that really stood out to me was the scene where the daughter does karaoke i guess the rem losing my religion sequence um just like how vulnerable she was in that moment, um, gave me chills, and um, somewhat rare in a movie for me. Hmm, um, Travis. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I you think you do it, have a soul. Yeah, it's it's hard to find, but it's there. Um, 
And yeah, I think this is one movie that just kind of it, it kind of grows as you watch it and really comes together at the end. Uh, I think Matt alluded to this when Paris brought it up, but um, yeah, I think it's a movie that sits with you and you kind of just it just stays in your head for you know days and days. Um, can't wait to rewatch it. I think I'll probably even like it a little bit more. Uh, may have wanted it a little higher, but I think this is a good spot for now. Beautiful. Okay. After Sun, Travis is number four. Paris, what's your number four? Alrighty, folks. My number four was huge. <laughs> this <laughs> this is Bullet Train. Um, oh and I, my god! You don't start with that and then say that title. <laughs> so I was I was gonna say it before I said the title, but then when I said huge, that was kind of an inside joke with myself because I went to see this in IMAX, um, uh, sort of on a whim with uh, Kurt and his nephews, and because I thought, oh, you know what, fourteen year old boys would like fucking crazy action movie on a train um they did turns out i may also be a 14 year old boy because this movie fucking slapped it was silly goofy <laughs> got to see brad pitt in a first action movie in forever twist at the end hilarious everything keeps coming in like we didn't talk about this for a literal roller coaster ride but this movie was a literal crazy train ride it was insane twists and turns uh it felt like live action anime and i don't talk about this a lot on the pod but secretly a weeb don't worry about it, it, it <laughs> i don't it think it's a just secret checked anyone, but... <laughs> oh no <laughs> it, it checked every single box i could have wanted and didn't even know like i went in and was like ah the boys are gonna like it it'll be great no i fucking loved it i probably loved it the most i was like here for all the action. I love the stupid little Guy Ritchie style dialogue between the twins and the Thomas the Tank Engine. And when you find out who's a Percy, like, oh my god. Every tiny little detail moment in this movie. Just clean. A beautiful, fantastic, stylish as hell cinema piece. And I say cinema, not in, like, cinema, le film, but, like, cinematic, huge, blockbuster style, but still awesome. Listen, Paris, you single-handedly maybe convinced me to watch Bullet Train above fucking the new Steven Spielberg film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Like, oh, yeah. you saying that, I'm probably going to make time to watch Bullet Train soon. Because I think it recently uh -huh. got added to streaming somewhere. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix, Netflix? now. Okay. Yeah. That's a movie I'll where say... I was like, I don't know, but... I can almost guarantee that watching it on Netflix, you won't have the same experience I did. Like, I watched it in IMAX. That was, Listen, don't talk me out of it after big... you just talked me out No, no, no. It, I'm but... just, I'm not trying to talk <laughs> you out. I'm just trying to, like, be reasonable with expectations. Like, I don't think, I haven't watched it on Netflix yet. I want to do a rewatch. Um, but I think just, it, it is a spectacle. So, like, t stay off your phone. Pay attention. It's, it's a, it's a spectacle. I was not the biggest fan of Bullet Train, if you want me to sway you the other way, Matt. I think it's a little too long, a little too silly, and um, some of the CG is pretty shit. <laughs> 
But I will say Brad Pitt is great in it. There's one moment. Wait, like the CG? Be, which part do yeah. you think was shit? I mean, it's kind of hard to get around it without a, a way bigger budget. But um, And it's kind of a spoiler. But I'll say it's towards the end. The CG is looking pretty CG. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Interesting. Don't be more specific. I know Paris probably wants to know what you're referencing if if that wasn't clear. So uh, don't elaborate. Uh, I will watch it. Killer cameos too. Fucking killer. Oh, I heard that. That's been spoiled. Because <laughs> <laughs> of film junk spoiled who the cameos are in the movie. But Oh, that's a bummer. But there's st- it's still good. Cool. Okay. Very cool. All right. That was number four, Bullet Train. My number three film is after, any guesses? Sun. Sun, you got it. After Sun. <laughs> I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> My number three film of the year is After Sun. So yay, yay. this is one that, oh man. So uh, I, have to, I haven't talked about it on the show. So I have to say the credits started and I was like, Okay, that was a good movie, but like, why do people like it so much? And then, literally, as the credits were rolling, Haley and I just started talking about it and like what it meant. And both of us, Haley and I, started crying just talking about the movie. Um, I like, I didn't cry while I was watching it. But as we like talked about it, like it really hit me and I was like, oh my God, like I get it. Like, and ever since then, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Like just the way it approaches like memory and similar to what I said about, uh, oh God, what movie was I even talking about? Like, like recontextualizing things that happened Armageddon in childhood. Time? Armageddon time. Yeah. Similar to what I said about Armageddon time, just like recontextualizing events that happened in your childhood from an adult perspective. Like this movie is a little bit more explicit in that regard, as far as like we, we literally have like an adult version of the the character, the narrator character. But I was just like, th- this movie is one of those, it's the most potentially the most quietly devastating movie I've ever seen in my life. Like I just went yes. down a rabbit hole just thinking about every everything that I just saw and recontextualizing it and being like, oh my God. So it's like, because there's, there's so much, like it's also kind of open to interpretation because it's like clearly the Paul Mescal character is like dealing with depression, but it's like, I mean, I guess we've, we've, we've talked about it, so I'm, I, I want to get a little spoilery because we've all seen it and it's been on, on all of our lists. But like f- fast forward like 30 seconds if you don't want to be spoiled. Um, at the end of the movie, I am, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys think. Like, do we think Paul Mescal killed himself or do we just think that he just reached a point where he could no longer be in her life anymore. Like, it, cause it's kind of ambiguous, right? Like we know he was dealing with depression and we know this was the last time she saw her father, but it's like, you know, like you could read it multiple ways. I'm very curious to know what you guys thought. Like, do we think after 
the events of this vacation that he 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 died or do we think like i guess how how did you guys interpret the fact that this is clearly her reflecting on her last interactions with her father i assumed that he had killed himself possibly through an overdose um Hmm. when he wrote the when we see the postcard where he says um i'll always love you don't let anything change that Mm -hmm. and then the the fact and the reason i think it's potentially overdose or something of that similar maybe an over drinking thing is because we kind of get hints of that throughout the movie and then the the party or club scenes or whatever you want to call it cut through i think those represent that that and and i get that it's more metaphorical that like she's reaching for him in a dark club he can't respond and then finally he goes there and you know whatever but but i think also like the use of that specifically led me to think it seemed in ex because of excess or something like that hmm yeah, I don't know if it's explicit, but I think everything kind of points to that. I, it, it's not clear exactly when he actually does it, but it seems like some point between that trip and the present day. No more. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I read it, too. But I mean, oh, my God, like I'm just getting the chills thinking about it. Like the fact that the movie ends with that like airport like the airport scene where we see the camcorder perspective of him recording uh, her leaving and she keeps like popping back in and like, it's kind of a joke. And then the the film literally ends with him closing the camcorder and he's in like an empty hall, like a nondescript hallway and he opens the door and it's, we see the strobe lights and the complete blackness and he walks through those doors. And like, that is the final image of the movie like holy fuck like I, so impactful i didn't know what to think when it happened and then i just like oh my god like i I've, i'm almost talking myself into making it my number two film just like doing this right I, now i wish like, i would have god damn it <laughs> like it's oh my god like maybe the musical moment like of the decade it's what you alluded to travis like well actually there's kind of two well, there's another moments. one too yeah when the ending when dances with the the uh the under pressure oh to um, under pressure oh that was another God. reason why i was thinking it was like because that song is like about losing people due to etc but it felt like the frantic nature but still like how it seems happy on the surface and it's very frantic underneath like it feels like that last desperate plea from a guy who's on the brink right like Mm -hmm. oh my god well and then i think the reason travis you kind of alluded to this that the the karaoke scene made Mm -hmm. you you know it it gave you chills or i can't remember exactly what you said but like oh my god like i like i like that song a lot but the fact that that Mm -hmm. is the song they went with and when she says the lyric um Oh, what is it? I thought that I heard you laughing. I thought that I heard you sing. When she when she says the the line, I think I thought I saw you try. Yeah. My heart sunk, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that was the one like moment 
of, of all the others, like in the moment that I had a visceral reaction to. And it just hit that much hard, harder, like by the end of the movie. Like, uh, another I'm convinced. really sad moment towards the end is when she like convinces the tour group to sing happy birthday to him and he just like doesn't even react to it. Mm hmm. He's kind of like even like almost like annoyed by it. He he looks startled to the point where I, you almost feel like he's going to walk away. Mm-hmm. Well, and not only that, but the fact that like the, the scene that Charlotte Wells chooses to bookend the film with is Sophie asking her dad what he thought his life would be like when he was her age and his like non response like, no, he refuses to answer. It's not even that he doesn't respond. He he said he he gets upset and he refuses to answer. Well, right. I mean, you see that the question makes him uncomfortable. But at the start of the movie, like we don't see the whole scene. We just kind of see that he like, you know, he's uncomfortable and then it freeze frames on him. By the time it comes up at the end of the movie, when we have more context to his character, we see that scene played out and him being very uncomfortable and choosing to skirt past the question like oh my god I'm not gonna adjust my list on the fly but I might have just talked myself into making it my number two film but <laughs> anyway After Sun what a fucking movie am I right Jesus you it's are right so good. one other moment in that movie real quick is just like the um, it's like a subtle like visual representation of his pain and um, I think that kind of um coincides with his cast because there's that scene when it's kind of like a split shot and she's like in the bedroom area of the hotel and he's in the bathroom yes and he's bleeding and like it, for me i read that as just like a visual representation of like he's feeling pain but like his daughter doesn't necessarily like see it yeah when he's trying to hide it from her yeah. and like she can maybe get a sense of what's going on but she's really too young to get it mm -hmm. Beautiful. or the part where she talks about how sometimes you get so had so sad and tired that your bones, Her bones ache. ache oh my god i just like everything in my body was like no not you too like it just oh that was heart-wrenching well and the fact that this is charlotte wells directorial debut is flabbergasting like she's clearly going to be on our radar moving forward for like most anticipated filmmaker like wow but then also like i don't know how how the movie accomplishes this but paul mescal is only like he's only like 25 i think 26 something like that i had zero questions about him playing a 32 year old did you guys like there's not one moment where I thought that he was like miscast or he didn't fit the part. Like he's he's perfect in this movie. No, this he was is 26 like a... playing someone who turned 31, and I thought nothing of it. I thought, mm -hmm. wow, we do seem like we're the exactly the same age because I watched this on my 31st birthday. Oh yeah, you did watch this. On, oh my, I God. did technically, and I said, oh no, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah. I know he got a lot of acclaim for that show, Normal, Normal People, People, but I feel like this is a uh, like a career-making role. I mean, he was just it was just announced that he was cast in the the Gladiator sequel. So, can you talk <gasps> about yeah. really quickly? Um, that sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of Paul Mescal in the, in the We future. better see a lot of Paul Mescal. That's all I have to say about it. Paris, continue. I just realized we're taking a long time, so we can talk about yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. But, I mean, to be fair, it's on all three of our lists, and we're, like, choosing this time to, like, because this isn't a movie that we've talked about. Like, I haven't talked I mean, about this Travis. Is, if we had like, to come we, up with three the three consensus number one, I think this would probably be the easiest. It would choice. probably be this one, yeah. Well, we'll see, I guess, but... Mm, I think there'll be a different one, but yeah. If we go by law of averages, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it would be this one. Well, you know, I haven't crunched the numbers yet, but... Because we also don't know, but I feel like... Bleep lorp, gotta crunch the numbers. Okay, Uh, for the sake of time, I feel like we should move on, but goddamn, we should have reviewed this fucking movie, is what (laughs) this is telling me. God damn it. Um... Okay, that was my number three. Travis, your number three. My number three is Babylon, directed by Whoa. Damien Chazelle. Whoa. God All damn. Right. There's no way you were getting me in there to see a three plus hour movie when I hadn't seen The Whale yet, but god damn. I'm right, bummed I didn't see it. Not trying to be too hyperbolic here, but the first hour, hour and a half of this movie might be like my favorite piece of cinema ever created this movie (laughs) made me feel alive i'm i'm not kidding the energy of the first hour or so is like unmatched i don't know how else to put it but like i felt like i was on a drug watching like the first half of this movie and that is a very rare experience Mm -hmm. i have uh i mean every once in a while there's like a special movie that comes along that just like is just you know working on every level and i'm like so into it that like it's just an amazing experience but um yeah i i don't know if i love the the entire movie but i do still think the rest of it is really good um there it it does kind of feel like every movie rolled into one like there's almost like beats (laughs) of of of, no, I, I'm serious. Like, there's there's like beats no, of every genre in this movie. It almost feels like a greatest hits of cinema, and um, even like the ending kind of plays into that. And um, I don't know exactly how I feel about the ending. It might go a little too far with what it's trying to do or say. Um, but yeah, there are some amazing sequences. Uh, Margot Robbie is the best. Uh, she's a great presence on screen and uh i also really like the score i know some people have said it sounds too similar to this composer's other work but there's a tune that is used like i don't know at least like half a dozen times if not more but there's like a little twist to it each time and every time that music hits i'm tapping my knee i'm having a great time <laughs> now who i actually don't know who is the composer is this a is this a deplat joint or who it's, is it uh the guy who does all of his other movies justin horowitz I think. oh that guy okay yeah interesting but yeah the score is a banger and yeah there's just some sequences in here that are like i don't know all timers I, I part of this movie feels like it's like a combination of like the wolf of wall street meets like boogie nights meets once upon a time in hollywood partly due to the casting with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, but, and then just like, you know, kind of like a love letter to cinema in a way. But yeah, I mean, there, yeah, I really want you guys to see it because 
at least like the first half I thought was incredible. At least just, just from like like pure entertainment. It's great. So what I'm hearing is this movie made you fall back in love with movies. Uh yes. Bring it back to my narrative <laughs> that I've been developing the whole podcast. Travis loves movies, right? Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I do love my top 10, so. Oh, hmm. yay. Movies. You love movies. You big old softy, you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I need to make time for it. It was just another one of those movies where I was just like paralyzed by choice, and my choices were all three-hour movies, so. But yeah, there's like a there's a sequence where... Like Margot Robbie's like shooting one of her scenes and then they're like trying to like capture like a magic hour sequence with Brad Pitt's movie that he's working on. And there's also a sequence that um, it's like kind of like the transition to the talkies and just the frustration and all the, um, you know, details that go into that. And then even just like there's a moment when you get to see like a bunch of silent films being shot like on the same lot and stuff. I don't, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Well, you've also left out the fact that I, I've heard this movie is like horny as shit. Is this true? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have led with that. I'm surprised you didn't. Especially, yeah, the first hour or so, very horny. Oh, uh, that's that, that was the subtext when you said that you loved the first hour. <laughs> yeah, he said, y'all need to watch maybe just the first hour. Oh, yeah. Preferably alone. Okay, I will make I will make time for it. That's awesome. Okay, I, I'm bummed I I didn't I didn't see it. I'm 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 an ashamed movie fan at this point because I I tried to watch it. I was supposed to watch it instead of the whale, and they aren't showing it in theaters anymore. Oh, big dud, big time dud. I don't think I think it like bombed at the mm-hmm. box office. Really? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of polarizing, though, so I'd be curious what you guys think. But Oh, it's very polarizing. If anything, that makes you want to watch it more. Well, people either love or hate it. Oh, it's not, like, problematic? Um, I don't know about problematic, but <laughs> I think... I was asking pe- Travis. He's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know about the discourse, all right? He may have seen the movie, but I'm... I'm on I the forgot Twitters. you're chronically online. I'm on the Twitter seeing the tweets, all right? That is true. Well, on some the people, Twitter seeing the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> some people might think that it apes from other movies too much, and then some people may just think that uh, Chazelle isn't worthy to make something like this because he's not in the same vein as like Scorsese or PTA or, or QT. No, I just feel like that he's people are being a, a little too harsh towards the young gun. They don't want to give him the credit that he's due. Damien's the guy. He's earned it at this point. Oh, yeah. I'm That's ashamed I, like I didn't give him the credit. <laughs> yeah, this is between fucking uh, Bullet Train and Babylon. I need another B movie to make it a BBB. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we'll have to see. All right. That's Travis's number three. Paris, what's your number three? Yes. Okay, so my number three of the year is what? That's a, is, is that a fucking... Uh, <laughs> sound like another tugboat uh, going by your apartment. Oh, no, really? There was nothing. It's gone now. It, no, he's gone. He, he, he tugged his It load. was probably... Was it this sound? No, no, it was a no. tugboat. Oh, my God. 
There are. I am on the water. There are tug. No, but like I am on the water. There are tugboats out there. On the water, insane. The hill. Yeah, on the hill that goes into the water that leads in Lake Union. There's tugboats that come through there all the time. I can see them from my patio. Lake Union. Oh, I. Maybe I forgot. Matt, shut up! I'm trying to tell my third pick. Your third pick. I'm sorry. I apologize. Anyway, my third pick of the year is controversial as shit. I saw it early on. It was my number one for a long time. And that's Fresh. Oh, no. You love Fresh. I, I do love Fresh. It's my number three of the year. Um, I think the interesting thing about Fresh is the story is a little unique. Um, but mostly it's, you know, we've we've been here... We've seen this, uh, you know, Scream Queens. Yeah, we get it. But I think the performances and the chemistry between the two leads and the silly goofiness of it all just really, really launched it into the stratosphere. And I will say this is probably, uh, you know how at the beginning I was like, all of mine are the best movies of the year. This one might be a little bit the exception. Because while I think it is well made, it's small. Like, it's not a huge movie. It's it's well made and it's stylish. But there's something about, and we will get to this later, there's something about taking the culture of privilege and foodism and combining it in a horrific way that just fucking gets me you guys i love that considering that i'm almost done with the 19th season of top chef that i've been watching in the past year like i fucking love this shit i live for behind the scenes i was i you know got dave ching's memoir this past year and his cookbook and i you know listen to his podcast and always was following all that stupid shit and I just a peek behind the curtain but in a way that's like super fucked up and horrifying love it love it interesting probably the most unexpected and uh outlier pick um, definitely my wild show for sure well just in general like fresh is like people like that movie but I I didn't particularly like it but that's a movie that like i haven't seen on like any list so honestly i think no i mean it's I think you're like a 3.5 on letterbox so it's serviceable for sure but i haven't really heard anyone talk about it i mean it was on hulu like it didn't get a full launch and i don't think it was promoted very heavily i just was like oh sebastian stan horror movie this seems interesting and wow 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 well and it does have daisy edgar jones in it so it's got that going for it. So she's the other lead and their performances and chemistry just like elevated the movie next level for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's great in it. That's true. Sebastian Stan, uh, you know, he shouldn't be an actor, but you know, that's just my opinion. He shouldn't be an actor. No, that guy sucks. Dude. Got him. Sebastian Stan's dog shit. Winter Soldier. Barf. Did you see, did you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I would never and will never. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm right there with you. 
So obviously I'm biased because I'm a little bit of a Marvel head, but honestly, a little bit of fucking... a Marvel head. Oh my god, you love yeah. Marvel, Paris. You're the biggest Marvel head I know. Yeah, but like I, I'm not like a neck beard. Like I, you know, like I, I take everything with a grain of salt. A couple Marvel movies came out, and I, or at least one, and I didn't put it on my top list for because it wasn't that great. Like, you know, I just. I mean, the only reason they come with a grain of salt is because the grain of salt doesn't get caught in your fucking neck beard because you can't grow one. That's the only reason why. (laughs) (laughs) You love Marvel. You, I mean, I'm not like saying it in like a derogatory way. Like you are the biggest Marvel fan I know. You're the biggest. Like, come on. That's that's you know what you're doing. I would say, (laughs) yes, I am the biggest Marvel fan that you know. But I'm not the biggest Marvel fan that I know. Because mm. I still look at the movies critically. And also, Marvel fans are, you know, the ones who love them, fucking love them. You know? So. I mean, I am literally sitting next to, like, a retro version of the Marvel Avengers poster. So, it's not like I'm not a fan. Like, I can't truly say that I'm not a fan. But I will say that I try to look at them as they are and not as put them on i don't I, you know i try not to put the pussy on the pedestal is i guess what i'm trying to say ah yes of course very cool okay that i is... did not see uh fresh but i'm intrigued now since it's so high up on your list i meant to watch it i just never prioritize it because i thought it wouldn't make my list so i don't i mean i it it wouldn't i don't even know if i would <laughs> recommend it to you per se but i think if you were looking for something to watch you would enjoy it sounds like a challenge very cool well bullet train for me is my <sighs> takeaway uh from paris's list yours should be fresh mm-hmm. and uh that leads us into our number two films of the year i'll kick things off Everybody say it with me after Yang. Yang. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. After Yang. So this is one that I, um, Haley ended up paying for Showtime for like six months because she was like, I'm going to cancel Showtime. And I was like, no, wait, I haven't seen After Yang yet. And then, you know, six months went by and she kept paying for it. (laughs) And I was like, finally, she was like, I'm going to cancel Showtime. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll watch After Yang. And then I did, and then I fucking loved it. Can we say that this is a very Matt pick? Oh, it's it's a very <laughs> Matt pick, yeah. yeah. For number two on his list, yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> oh, man, after Yang. Okay, so I will say Koganada, um, Columbus was good. Didn't cream over Columbus like a lot of people did. Um, this one, though, I mean... As I pitched it to Tom, it's a sci-fi movie that is barely sci-fi, that is more about the human experience. And I was moved to tears uh, several times in this film. Um, For the uh, unacquainted, this is a movie about a family who has a daughter who is of Chinese descendants, and they want to... um, basically 
have a sibling for her that can teach her like you know about her culture so they purchase an ai unit that is chinese and his name is yang and he malfunctions and the movie is about uh colin farrell's character his name is jake trying to you know get Yang fixed and as he goes through this process and journey of trying to see if there's a way to fix Yang he realizes that Yang had an inner life of himself and he had experiences that predated his experiences with his family and it's a movie about discovery and identity and what it means to live a meaningful life and to kind of put it into perspective like life in general and what constitutes life the fact that there's this ai who has had these lived experiences and made these connections with people and touched so many lives that makes you question you know what does it mean to be human like that's a very common question that uh sci-fi tries to answer and more I think, human than human oh god huge what is that is like a skrillex song or something right more human. No, no, no. Rob, no. Bob's Bob yeah. Zom. Right? Yeah. Oh, God. I can't believe that. Yeah. Nice. And also, Bob like, <laughs> used in Blade Runner to, like, what? What? Well, yeah. No, I mean, as a concept, yes. But I think Colin Farrell's performance, like, for my money, I know Banshees of Inisherin is, like, the one that's getting all the buzz. But for my money, this is the most subtle and nuanced Colin Farrell performance of the year. Um, I absolutely love um, Yang's performance. So he's played by Justin Min. I think he's incredible. Incredible uh, Haley Lou Richardson, who is also quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses. Um, she was in Coconut's first film, Columbus. She's amazing as Ada, who plays uh, a character that Yang, you know, had an experience with. That's I'm not going to be specific because I don't want to spoil anything. But I was just so moved by what this film had to say about you know, what it means to be human. And I think it's beautifully filmed. I love that it's like loosely sci-fi, but it's like in a vague sense, like all of the like Uber type car sequences or like futuristic, like almost like minority report style where it's like, you kind of get the impression it's just like little pills barreling down highways, you know, but like, it's all automated like just the world building that's done in this movie like i was fucking blown away and um it's exactly my kind of movie and um i'm so glad that i made the time for it after Haley paid for showtime for six months for no reason so after gang i loved it number two film of the year all right my number two is the uh, fucking um, the Marcel the shell with shoes on. Well, the, the everything everywhere all at once. Bubble. The <laughs> Fablemans. Whoa. Oh. Is the what? Holy what? shit. Have seen that? I didn't even know no, you fucking. Not I, mean, even I, a little I bit. could have assumed you watched it, but were you hiding this one? No, I logged it. I mean, you need to keep track on fucking Letterboxd. Logged on December 18th, motherfucker. 
Damn. You got to keep. Wow, Matt, that was so long ago. I guess I'm not online enough, I guess. Nope. Too busy going down that creepy pasta rabbit hole. Uh, So, yeah, this is the movie that made me fall back in love with movies. This was the theater-going experience of the year. This also was my number one until a few days ago. Oh, Um, man, building the narrative already. Let's go. Uh, I will say I've not been the biggest fan of Spielberg's output for the last decade or so. Um. I did like Ready Player One quite a bit, but I don't think it's great. I think it's just fun, and I'm a video game nerd, so mm-hmm. that added to it. Same. Um, but anyways, uh, this one, it uh, it's kind of like a, a love letter to his parents, to filmmaking, uh, deals with memory, and um, I just, I love, like, recreations of filmmaking and movies i'm a total sucker for it gets me every time but there's so much of that in this movie and i think it's all done pretty great um there's like a editing sequence in the middle of the movie that feels similar to the scene in blowout uh i loved everything regarding the train set near the beginning of the movie um there's also some like cutesy montage of uh, him making films as a kid with his siblings. Um, The ending is also like a, kind of like a perfect little bow to uh, end the movie. And um, there are some really good performances across the board, but I think what I appreciated most was the unfamiliar faces, um, like the, the one who plays, not the youngest Spielberg, but the, the kid version of him. Um, I think his name is Gabriel something. I don't have it pulled up. Uh, Gabriel Good old Gabriel something. Gabriel LaBelle. He was great. Um, yeah, there's a couple other characters in this that I don't know if I've ever seen before, but um thought they knocked it out of the park. Um, yeah. I uh oh and an- another aspect I really liked about it was uh Michelle Williams and uh her character. I think there's a lot going on there and um yeah, I feel like she's a bit more a bit more complicated than at least the the rest of the characters in the movie. Um yeah, I mean, some of the stuff is a little obvious and I think people have called this movie cartoonish, but um I don't know. The tone really worked for me, just given what he's trying to do with it. And um, yeah, I completely fell for it. So that's The Fablemans. Fuck yeah. Paris, did you watch The Fablemans? I have not. Um, Real quick little anecdote. So for my final movie of 2022, I was torn between The Fablemans and Triangle of Sadness. And my good friend Amy convinced me that it had to be Triangle of Sadness. So I rented Triangle of Sadness on Amazon, was planning on watching it yesterday. And then Haley and I get home from Seattle after a long weekend of hanging out and partying and doing lots of fun stuff, running around town, only to find out that the internet's not working. 
And then I proceeded to spend two hours troubleshooting the internet only to determine that the router was faulty. And then I drove to fucking Walmart at eight o'clock in the evening to get a new fucking router. A faulty router. A faulty router. (laughs) And then was this last last night? Oh, my God. When all I wanted to do was relax and watch a movie, uh, went to Walmart, got a router, came home, set up a new router, which is always fun, and then didn't have time to watch Triangle of Sadness. So the point is that those were my choices. I went with Triangle of Sadness, paid for it, haven't watched it. So I will be watching it, but too late. I would be surprised if it made it to your top. Uh, Actually, hold on. Let me think about who you are as a person. Uh, a communist? It probably would have been Is in your top. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Well, I Matt. mean, Travis, you, you saw it too. The The parts that I found overwrought and pretentious, I feel like Matt might actually like. Oh, yeah. You're speaking my language. Yeah. I think you'd <laughs> like it. I think it probably would be in your top. Overwrought actually. and pretentious? Hell, yeah. Travis, That's going on you your epitaph, say? obviously. Oh, <laughs> overwrought that, and pretentious. Uh, Next time you're in one of these predicaments, uh, holler at your boy. I'll I'll uh, guide you the right way. No, I know, I know. But Haley or not Haley, Amy had a really convincing argument. And um, did she see the Fablemans? Uh, no. Okay. She saw. Then that's not that convincing. <laughs> she she saw a total of three movies. And get a load of these movies. So she's Jeez. the only three movies she saw. Wow. Her and Tomney did. No, no, no. Yeah. Get, a, get a load of these movies. So she saw she saw Triangle of Sadness. She saw Decision to Leave. What? Which none and, of us saw, I think, right? And no, she Matt, Matt saw... Um, oh. Yeah, I saw Decision to Leave. Um, fuck. I can't remember the third one. Tar, maybe? These were all Sif Uptown movies. Let, let me leave it at that. So she's a specific, like, you know, only the best of the best is kind of what... Uh, no offense to your friend, but she sounds more up her own ass than you are. <laughs> she's not a big movie person, so I don't know what drew her to these movies. But. So you thought, this person who's not a big movie person, who's only seen three films this year, I'm going to really trust her, really go for it. Yeah, I trust her opinion. Not that I don't trust Travis's opinion. I fucking missed his Fableman log. Yeah, he didn't even know I saw it. Yeah, I didn't fucking know. (laughs) 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 So maybe, yeah, I don't know. Well, Matt, I remember sending you a text probably shortly after I logged it saying, when or are you seeing the Fablemans? Correct, because you wanted to do an episode about it. And I just assumed it was like, Oh, is that a Spielberg movie? Yeah, of course we should probably talk about it, but you know, well, you should have been, impa- been more impactful. If I ever text you and ask you if you've seen a movie or if you're planning on seeing it, just know that it, it's for a good reason. That's code for let's fucking talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so anyway, I, w- I will catch up with Triangle of Sadness first because I paid for it. I paid $6 for that bullshit. Also, I paid six dollars for Tar, and then like two days later, it was on Peacock. So fuck me. Oh, it's already on Peacock. Wait, it's on Peacock. Like, I'm pretty sure it is now. Yeah. Oh my god, I had to. I watched this the first half with a friend, didn't finish it. Then had to later. Not I didn't have enough time to watch it then, so I had to rent it again at my house, 
and paid six dollars for it and now it's on fucking peacock are you joking me right now god we gotta gotta Uh, confirm this yeah the real joke is that so far it hasn't been on a single list so it is not on peacock for the record uh twitter lied to me or whoever someone someone lied to me well that makes me feel better because i was about to or somewhere flip the desk over Matt, you need to reevaluate your sources. I, I don't know about all this. <laughs> Listen, why would someone lie about that? But <laughs> the answer is chaos, I guess. Okay. I just researched Tar is not streaming for free anywhere, Matt. Okay. Someone Stop. lied to me. Stop someone your lies. Someone lied to me. Okay. All right. Um, Moving right along here. Yes. What was the last pick that we just did? The Fablemans, magical film. Ah, Hopefully, it works yes. for you guys as well as it did for me. I will report I'm back excited. shortly. Okay, Paris, what's your number two? My number two, biggest movie of the year, boldest movie of the year. Top Gun That's- Maverick. Hell yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, um, that is literally everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm, music to this movie was huge before i get into my thoughts about it we had a couple people right into the show and wanted to share their thoughts so i'll share them now um friend of the pod michelle said about everything everywhere all at once which was also her number one movie of the year she said it is a modern classic the way it balances absurdity with such a profound message about the human existence she never thought she'd see something like it on screen then uh lisa for whom it was also her favorite film of the year she had a lot to say about this um to summation she loved the fighting sequences extremely well ex- executed thought Rakakuni the Rakakuni concept and how that played out was <laughs> hilarious and she said that um, she saw an interview with uh, one of the directors and he was talking about the Rakakuni thing he said his parents would always say movie titles wrong but they were making a multiverse movie meaning there is a world where Rakakuni actually exists and so it was an ode to their parents And what Lisa said was her grandma used to do the same thing. Her grandma, uh, English is her second language, much like in the movie. And so I think that, you know, she loves, you know, I think that was a really special moment for her and for a lot of people for whom that was felt very real. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, this movie had everything. The best acting, the craziest fucking concept. Y'all know I'm a sucker for a multiverse. Time travel, time loops, uh, uh, sci-fi that that it, it exists in the real world. That's like kind of almost magical realism. A small movie and a huge, 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 huge scale. Mother daughter, you know, bullshit. You know, looking into your relationship with your parents. Uh, not ever being able to be <laughs> sorry uh, not ever being able to be satisfied with what you're at and what you're doing and needing everything to be better and different and just wanting pure chaos and nihilism and just I felt like this movie was made for me and I feel like everyone else that uh, that loved it felt that way as well and uh, it's been talked about so 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 much that I don't think I need to talk about it forever but i will just say 
and again, this scene has been talked about so much, but the scene with the rock, the two rocks. Dwayne? <laughs> Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> yes. Did I miss that part? No. <laughs> Travis. Sorry. You I saw the movie. To. No, killer joke. I got you. But. Come on. You said the rock. I mean. <laughs> it was funny, and then I was trying to move on. God. Um, (laughs) the scene with the two rocks where there's just dialogue on screen like I was sobbing it was so wild that something so stupid two rocks talking to each other barely moving across the little like dusty desert like just just literally no like just dialogue written on the screen something so stupid could be so emotionally impactful i just the use of film in this is absolutely like as a medium is absolutely insane like how could you ever do this any other way i don't know it just it just it was bananas pure cuckoo banana chaos and i loved every second of it get in there matt well, that's the perfect, perfect, could not have dreamed up a more perfect segue into my number one film of the year, which is, of course, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I think part of the reason why this year was, uh, you know, difficult for me to engage with was because I feel like it peaked in March. And it did peak in March. I mean, it did not and will not ever get better than this movie. Um, I, not going to lie, I came out of this screening pretty hot. Uh, pretty sure I texted Tom and Travis uh, that this is like one of my all-time favorite movies when I uh, got out of the theater. And uh, not going to lie, that's still true. Um, nine months removed, I did not get a chance to rewatch it. Um, but I fucking adored everything about this movie. It was simultaneously the most entertaining movie I saw, the most emotionally resonant movie I saw, the best performances in any movie. I love how playful it is with the concept of, you know, a multiverse and kind of playing with this conceit that's been so popular in, in movie culture at least big budget movie culture over the last several years. Um, I just, everything about this movie, I was incredibly moved by. I think I was a, a, a puddle of tears on probably three or four different occasions. Um, none more poignant or moving than the scene Oh, man. So it's between um, Michelle Yao and, uh, God, what's the actor's name? Ki, Ki Kwan something. God damn it. I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now. But uh, the husband and wife character, there is a sequence in this film where there is a multiverse segment where they are both famous celebrities and they have a conversation smoking a cigarette and an alley. And um, Key's character has a line where he says, I'm going to paraphrase, but he says something along the lines of, in another life, 
there's nothing more I would want to do than hang out and do taxes with you or something. That probably sounds silly out of context, but in context, I was a fucking heaving, sobbing mess. And I absolutely lost it. This movie preaches kindness. And that's what I attempt to do as much as I might come across as like a, you know, pretentious, like curmudgeonly asshole. Sometimes I try to preach kindness and, you know, be be nice to people. And this movie just like spoke to me on so many levels and everything from the action sequences to the color palette and just how playful the movie is. I just, uh, I can't speak highly enough about this movie. It's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen in my whole life. And I love it so much. And I can't wait to rewatch it. I bought it on 4k. I I didn't get to squeeze in a rewatch. Um, but I mean, it feels weird for me because I'm usually not on the side of like the most hype movie. Like that's the best movie of the year. I know there's been some pushback to it, but I'm on the side of the hype train. I, I like I there's I have no words for this movie. Like everything about it just speaks to me. And I just envision myself watching it over and over and over again over the years. And I hope it wins all of the awards. I hope all of the people involved you know, have a long career ahead of themselves. I just, uh, I don't have the words for it. I, I love everything about this movie and I'm, I'm so happy it came into my life when it did. And it's by far head and shoulders above every other movie I saw this year. Everything, everywhere, all at once is my, my favorite movie. Bar none. All right. I, uh, I'll add real quick that uh, I did rewatch it and I liked it more than I did on the first watch i did not really like it on the first watch um i like the emotional through line and i really like the first hour or so but once it starts getting goofy that's when it starts to lose me and it just gets a little too goofy for my liking oh man what about so real quick Rakakuni, uh, hot dog fingers all that shit oh has gotta go <laughs> no it's hilarious dude the the guy the the scene where it looks like the guy is gonna fall butthole first onto the thing. No. It's like you slow mean motion. It's like a butt plug. Yeah, slow motion. Like the guy. <laughs> it's. Uh, I get it's not for everybody, but you know. Hey, I'm in the minority. This is number sixteen all time on Letterboxd. Uh, it's got like a four four average or something crazy. It's yeah, like you said, probably the movie of the year, but um. Yeah, I just didn't fall for it, I guess, like the majority did. Didn't speak to me, I guess. And that's fair. I I wouldn't have pegged this as a movie that you would love, but, you know. Please please don't peg me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this movie would probably (laughs) have something else to say Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, was that a little Freudian slip there? (laughs) Um, Goddamn. What a movie. Are you all ready for this? I don't know. I guess. Can you guess it? Um, I hope it's which not one tar. has been left off the table for me. Come on, guys, it's obvious. Is it Avatar: The Way of Water? No, the. <laughs> oh my God, the uh, the Bob's Burgers movie. Got it. It's not the so Banshees of Inisherin. You didn't get in a rewatch of this one, did you? Uh, no. 
Did not. The Black Phone. It is the North. Bubble. Oh, nope. duh. Oh. Duh, 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 duh. Oh. Now, this is. I the forgot movie. we haven't talked about that for you yet. <laughs> this is the movie that I rewatched a couple nights ago and everything just hit. Um, and I think it was just kind of the perfect storm. But I do think that this will be my favorite movie for the coming years of uh 2022 so i've been um i've been pretty into metal music lately and um (laughs) so i watched this saturday night and right before that spent a good two hours at holy mountain and then uh listened to brand of sacrifice for like an hour on the way home uh got home chelsea was too turnt from uh all the stouts we drank at holy mountain so she called <laughs> called it an early night and uh i had enough time to watch a movie and i thought uh the northman was the perfect watch and um yeah like 10 15 minutes in i was just like oh yeah this is it <laughs> the perfect <And> storm <laughs> wasted on holy mountain stouts <laughs> watching the most metal movie of the year <laughs> uh yeah i mean this movie looks incredible um there's just so many cool sequences. It's very like visceral and primal at times. Uh, it's it's pretty masculine, I will say that. And um, it's got that uh, revenge angle that I love. It's a uh, it's not a tired trope or genre for me. Give me give me all the revenge movies. Um, love Robert Eggers. He's probably that him and the Safties are like my two favorite like directors of the last 10 years or so if you know if we're not counting the the older guys oh come on you're giving your boy damien short shrift you just spent 10 well, minutes creaming over this guy well he, he was number three this is number one. Oh, oh yes of course <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i just love the like authenticity of his movies um but then he also injects some weirdness which i like um I love the the worlds he creates, like uh, Paris alluded to. There's there's like a magic element to this and a spiritual one as well. Um, I do think it feels a little familiar to other movies, but I do think it adds enough flair to set it apart. And um, yeah, I think the movie can be kind of viewed as two different ways, like... Uh, part of it you know like it's it's his destiny to fulfill this revenge and um it's like you know kind of his fate and deals with like uh like tradition and all that but then i feel like it's also like a commentary on war and like is it really worth the cost um because a lot of people die in this movie (laughs) (laughs) um oh yeah but yeah, I, yeah, I just think it's it's kind of a masterpiece. There's there's so many good sequences, and I love the score. And one of my favorite moments is um, the it's early on in the movie, but when uh, Ethan Hawke's character is riding into town on his horse, and the the score is just booming. That's when I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> we are. <in>. This <laughs> is the one. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, just the costumes, like everything about it. It's it's so good. Come on. I mean, that scene, the fucking with Ethan Hawke and like the with the shaman or whatever with the sun. We haven't uh, even talked about how corny. amazing Willem Dafoe is in this. No. Like okay. coming in hot is a crazy ass. Yeah. Pretty now, corny. I will say you could re you could watch that and I could see how someone could find it corny, but I totally bought into it. Cause no, I hook, line, and sinker. More so that the second time I saw it. First time I thought it was maybe a little corny, but second time I watched it, I thought it like it worked perfectly. Because um, like there's like the the preamble of I don't know. It's just like kind of spiritual and mythical, and they're pretty much tripping, and that like kind of sets the whole movie in motion. So what you're saying is because I drank a whole bottle of Holy Mountain's 8th anniversary stout and two glasses of bourbon, now is the time, as soon as we're done recording, for me to rewatch the North. To thing. take mushrooms. Oh, oh, what? Oh, huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying is now is the perfect time for me to rewatch this movie, Travis. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yep. It's a little late. A little late for my taste, but... You know, I can recreate easily recreate this experience. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't tonight. We're like not even done, and it's so late. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe not oh, yeah. tonight, but you should rewatch it soon. I think it'll it'll go up for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely on the list, and it was in the mix today. Okay. Anything else on the Northman? It's super badass. Mm, well, that's true. That's very true. Okay. Cool. Uh, Paris, time has come. What's your number one film of the year? The time has come to tell you my number one film of the year. I touched on this briefly when I talked about Fresh. Your girl loves a peek behind the scenes in the kitchen. Oh, boy. Oh, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. <laughs> and what a better peek to the cult-like fandom there is around the chef than the menu mm -hmm. the number one film of 2022 the menu starts high and just keeps going higher a couple really 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 good points for me i not maybe as much as y'all because you've seen every movie ever but i am rarely these days surprised by a movie even when it's there's twists and turns like oftentimes you know you can see it coming or you kind of get the gist of where the movie's going or maybe the trailer ruins it for you i had no concept of what this movie was going to be other than maybe a thriller about chefy stuff i didn't really know and every time something was revealed i just it, it just elevated it for me now, without going into too much spoilers, because I do think this movie can very easily be spoiled, I think they're one of my favorite surprises was a subversion of your antagonist in the film. And I'm trying to think of how to do this without being too spoilery. So there is a moment where you find out why he's doing what he is doing specifically to these specific people. And at first, you almost want to side with him, right? He's kind of 
on the side of the people, not the, you know, the privilege. And so you're like, I'm of the people. I want to side with this person. And then you hear some of the reasons for why he's doing what he's doing. And they are so stupid and so ridiculous and so just absolutely pompous and and just uh, uh, and and just and just so not valid that it makes the whole thing even better and it adds an air of humor to this dark story that like I think it really that comes back through this humor line and I love that and I think that it's definitely poking fun not just at privilege and class but at that world that I love so much at that chefs are revered and it's this art form and and everything they say is perfect and the, the you know people should follow them like a cult and and all of that wrapped up in one beautifully well done bow killer I, that's a very awesome number one pick it's one that i was not expecting um i will say i did see the i did see the menu and I liked the menu quite a bit, um, but I enjoyed it more as like a kind of surface level, like kind of popcorn movie. I guess my main like grudge with the movie would be that like all of the different characters or like tables in the film are all... They're all there for a purpose and they're all very specific and literal and there are several sequences throughout the movie where all of the characters explicitly state their purpose in the film as far as what they represent on a class level and it felt to me all very surface level and like entertaining for sure but not very provocative or interesting in its examination of class because everyone kind of well, just so states who they are and what they represent and all they are is kind of caricatures at least for but me that's what i liked about it is that it doesn't just like like uh, a lesser movie that's all it would be but i think you're meant to look at it like how ridiculous it is that he's putting them these caricatures as these evil figures when they're just humans and they haven't done really anything wrong and they're not really caricatures they're just people who might be a little shitty maybe like all people are like it it really that's 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 kind of what I, I guess I was trying to say is I really enjoyed that like I felt the film was sort of sort of chuckling at that concept yeah, I mean, it takes a stance of, like, eat the rich in the sense that, like, I mean... Yes, and... What I will say is that by far, by far, the best moment in the movie is when... Uh, I can't remember specifics, but John Leguizamo's uh, party date. I think she's, like, an actress or something. There's a moment where there's, like... She's a, his assistant. His assistant, right? That's what What? It is. There's like, well, I, I don't know. I, I love this movie. I don't, I don't remember the specifics. But anyway, there's a moment where there's like a reckoning and they're kind of talking about different oh, people. Oh, yeah. And they ask her, 
you know, because she's kind of like, oh, why am I here? And they're like, where'd you go to school? And she's like, I went to Brown University. And then they were like, do you have any student loans? And she was like, no. And they're like, then you must die. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> by far the best part of the movie. And the, the most like cutting like commentary as far as what it's going for. The rest of it. Uh, it's a movie I gave four stars to. Like I liked it a lot, but um, I'm glad it resonated with you. Yeah, I wholeheartedly disagree yeah. with what you said. I don't mm. think that's by far... I think that's a good moment, but I don't think that's by far the best in the movie. And I don't even think that's the point. I think it's not as much about class as it as it seems on a surface level. I think it's about the cult of personality. Hmm. Disagree, but... Very cool. Okay. Do you, did you have any other thoughts on the menu before we before we move on to our awards? Travis, have you seen it? I did see it. I did like it. Um, I'm more on Matt's side. I think for me, I would just rather watch other movies. Like, um, not that it's the same movie, but um, I think Pig deals with a little bit of what this movie's trying to deal with, and then um, oh yeah, definitely. Also, it also felt kind of like a, a ready or not style movie as well and um i think that movie's better too um there's just a couple scenes or moments that i think could have been better but yeah like as a whole i thought it was good it's really entertaining i, I liked it quite a bit i think ray fine's uh performance is really good i like him oh, yeah. a lot and Nicholas Holt is just such a little like smart, so good, like, so good. When he goes, cast. why did did you get a kitchen meal? Why? Why did you get a kitchen meal? Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> oh he's, my god! He, he's and then the when it's revealed, the reveal for him. Oh my god! Yeah, wild. Yeah. yeah. But as, again, it's like in service of, from my perspective the caricature of that type of person like that twist that plot reveal is in service of like a very uh, surface level class critique for me anyway yes and i think it was sort of it was sort of both the absurdity of what it means to be a quote foodie and also the absurdity of looking down on a person like that like let them enjoy that they don't need to be a chef to enjoy food you know i don't know i i i thought the movie was saying two things it sounds like you mostly got a read on the first type of thing which i can definitely see it being a lesser movie from that perspective well i guess i guess my thing is that like anya taylor joy's character serves as the the literal foil to his character and we get that is it a literal foil matt yeah is it a literal roller coaster it's a foil. He's a piece of aluminum foil. A literal, just please piece of aluminum foil, just flapping in the wind. No, you know what I mean. Like she, she is there to kind of counteract, like comment on the absurdity of his pretentiousness. And in in many ways, I think that's all she is in this movie. She serves another purpose later in the movie, but um. I mean, I liked I liked the movie a lot, and I'm glad I'm glad it made your list. I just I guess I'm on. confused why you're like arguing about it with me. No, right no, no, not, when not it's my arguing. top pick of the year. <laughs> like, just be more cool. Okay? No, no, I, I like I'm 
hundred percent like love that that's your number one movie. I like the movie a lot. I'm just like, you know, trying to have a conversation. I love you know? you're so funny. You're Nuance like, I love that here. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can okay, say let's the move same on. thing. Well, yeah, I can no. say the same thing about uh, everything everywhere all oh, or yeah, everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. The thing is that, like, we haven't talked about a lot of these movies on the show, so it's, like, I'm inclined to, like, want to have the conversations that we would have normally had in a review. You're you know inclined what I mean? to be obstinate. It's not a big deal. We know that's who you are as a person. It's okay. I'm obstinate. You're like, I love this movie, and also, let's fight about it. That's, you know, that's what I'm here for. Hey, that's that's podcasting. <laughs> that's podcasting, folks. That's just <laughs> podcast biz. <laughs> Well, hell yeah. That show is, right, baby. All right, We need to kick this into 1.5 speed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Truly. Well, that's, that's that's it. That, those are our top tens. Um, let's just go around. Let's go around the horn real quick and uh, recap our top tens. Um, so I'll start. So my number 10 was Ty West's Pearl. Number nine, Armageddon Time. Eight, Jackass Forever. Seven, On the Count of Three. Six, Terrifier. Two, five, We're All Going to the World's Fair. Four, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Three, After Sun. Two, After Yang. And my number one film of the year, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Travis, go ahead and take it away. You know, Matt, even though you only saw half as many movies as me, that is a very <laughs> Matt list. So I, That's I an insane list. It's all over the place. <laughs> At the top of the show, I was, you know, I didn't love it. But, you know, all things considered, it's a good list. I'm, I'm hey, it's a, it's an interesting list, at least. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my 10 real quick. Uh, 10, Bones and All. 9, The Whale. 8, Nope. 7, The Batman. 6, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 5, Blonde. 4, After Sun. 3, Babylon. To the Fablemans and one the Northmen. Hell yeah, Paris. Alrighty. My top ten of the year. Ten the Batman. Nine Barbarian. Eight After Sun. Seven Rrr, Six <laughs> The Northmen. <laughs> Five Bones and All. Four Bullet Train. Three Fresh. Two Everywhere, no, hold on. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> One, the menu. Hell yeah. You you brought everything that I would have hoped that you would bring, Paris. As far as, like, I, I could not have guessed your top ten ahead of time. <laughs> Y'all never can. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Well, those are our top ten films of the year. Before we let you guys go, uh, we've got some awards to give out. So we're going to move through this, uh, wrap things up here, but we do love the awards on the show. So let's go ahead and uh, count them down. So the first award we're going to be giving out is a classic. It's the Total Eclipse of the Heart Award. And for those who are unfamiliar, this is named after the scene from The Strangers 2 where uh, there's a pretty killer scene uh, that happens at a pool where Total Eclipse of the Heart plays on the soundtrack. And the spirit of the award is movie who has an absolutely killer scene uh, in an otherwise unremarkable film. It's kind of the gist, kind of the spirit of the category. So 
Travis, I heard an inhale. Oh, uh, just slight correction. It's actually The Strangers Pray at Night. Not strangers oh, is it two. not called Strangers 2? Oh, oh. It is not. Oh, um, actually, the slight <laughs> correction as well. I'm pretty sure it's called Total Eclipse of the Fart. Mm, Just want to yeah, make sure yeah, we yeah. got that. Mm-hmm. 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 Un- uncorrect correction. That's a funny one, <laughs> but no, it's all it's clips of the heart. Um, where where fuck where to go? Oh, okay. So here are the nominees for Total Clips of the Heart. We have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the scene in question would be the bus massacre scene, which is pretty huge. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, Travis, why don't you, uh, mm-hmm. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, I can't remember what city they're, uh, they're going through, but, um, there's a chase sequence through a city where, uh, Chris Pratt's on a motorcycle and it was probably the coolest thing in the movie besides maybe one shot of, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in a, uh, a swamp pond type thing. That was rad. <laughs> Nice. But the rest of the movie is kind of shit. <laughs> nice. Never saw it. I didn't catch up with Jur- Jurassic World Dominion. So, um, Okay. Next nominee, Triangle of Sadness. This was a Paris nominee. What was the scene that you uh, specifically nominated from this movie? Sure thing. So if you haven't seen it, spoilers for a little bit. Um, there is a very, very, very long very extended vomiting scene in this film um and while i would say it's definitely uh not i wasn't able to watch all of it i will from being physically ill um i will (laughs) say this was a crazy ass scene in an otherwise pretty mid movie so um yeah that's why i nominated it oh interesting so would this have been a candidate for the uh the mmm award had we done it uh the most mid movie for those oh yeah there. this would definitely be on <laughs> the short list. this would be on the list yeah <laughs> uh and then the fourth nominee would be on the count of three this was a travis nomination specifically he nominated uh anything to do with uh last resort the papa roach song <laughs> um which you know even though this movie was on my top 10 uh, i'm I, I you know i'm down with it i get it those things rule Mm-hmm. But there's one clear winner in this category, and it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is not a very good movie. Uh, but that scene in particular, the massacre on the bus, is pretty sweet. So the most memorable kill in the movie is a well shot. I mean, it's it's by far the, the really the only good scene in the movie. So clear winner here. Total Eclipse of the Heart goes to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, next award. This is another Cinephiles Digest classic. This is the Hot Dog Garbage Award. This is the award for the worst movie of the year. Now, this is a consensus pick between the three of us. So the nominees for Hot Dog Garbage this year would be Morbius, Blonde, which for reference was Travis's uh, number, number five, five, number five from there. Uh, <laughs> Ambulance, the Michael Bay film, and Deep Water, and the winner is Blonde. 
Travis's number five film of the year is the Hot Dog Garbage Award winner, which is my my personal worst film of the year. And Paris, correct me if I'm wrong, your third worst film of the year. Uh, yes, Matt, that is correct. Mm-hmm. So by consensus, Blonde has to be the default winner. So <laughs> Blonde, this year's Hot Dog Garbage Award winner. Congratulations to Blonde. Moving on, the next award is the Literal Roller Coaster Award. Now, this is another classic. This is the award that we give to the film that has the most ups and downs, the craziest twists and turns. And this comes from, uh, this is a, a Travis-ism uh, where he described, Travis, do we recall what movie you originally described as a literal roller coaster do we even remember this dunkirk point? dunkirk <laughs> dunkirk a classic uh travis described dunkirk as a literal roller coaster and uh it made tom and i laugh that's how it felt when i saw it in real imax so that's what this is so this is the film that had the craziest twists and turns uh the nominees are bodies 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 barbarian do revenge and the menu now the winner of this category is bodies 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 but i would be remiss if i did not point out that i said i would die on the hill for barbarian and uh my co-hosts overrode me so they let me die on that hill that's where my body is now so I will stand by the fact that Barbarian should have won this award because it's one, a good movie, and two, way crazier twists and turns. But, you know, it's in the past. So Bodies, Bodies, Bodies wins this category. Moving on to a new category, or I believe it's new, or at least has a new name. Uh, so we are calling this category the Indie Darling category. Now this would be as the name suggests, a small indie movie that uh, we are choosing to champion on this show. And uh, the nominees that we came up with are We're All Going to the World's Fair, Terrifier 2, Duel, which is a movie that actually did not come up at all uh, in our discussions, and uh, After Yang. Now, before I declare a winner, real quick, I did not see Duel. Um, this is the opportunity for anyone to say anything about Duel. So I'm opening the floor to the two of you if you choose to. I'll let Travis go first. Um, I will say that it is a fun little concept of a movie. <laughs> and here it is in the indie dark. Hey, we got to be short and sweet. Oh, I know. You got We got sleepy time for us. Well, anyway, that was dual. Paris, I mean, was there something you... It's about an hour past my bedtime, so I'll say two things. I'll say the first thing is, went in with high hopes. They were dashed. (laughs) It would win the probably the MMM award. Um, (laughs) And my second thing is, um, his... The director's other movie, I don't want to say first. I think it might be first, but his other movie that he did... I can't even remember the name right now. um, Art Art of Self-Defense. Art of Self-Defense. I saw that in theaters. Fucking loved it. Saw it with Kurt. He loved it too. So we were really excited to see Duel. And it was just even more of a letdown because of it. 
Woof. It wasn't a bad, bad movie. It was just so just like whatever. Most made movie. That's what you're getting at. I I think it's better than Paris's uh, summation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I will say it is like, yeah, based on the, the beginning and the setup of it, I guess as a whole, it might be slightly disappointing towards the end. But um. Yeah, it's got like a quirky sense of humor and kind of a dark one. It, I mean, this guy's been described as like a knockoff of Yorgos Lanthimos, and I think that's pretty apt. Interesting. I haven't heard that comparison. Yeah. I, I should probably watch Duel at some point. But anyway, it doesn't matter because that's not the winner anyway. The fucking winner is after Yang, of course. Indie darling of the year. Koganada's sophomore feature which is so wild. I did not think this would be on any of our top tens. Oh, I knew it would be on Matt's. Oh, yeah, everyone, sure. yeah, anyone who saw it knew. This was huge. After Yang. All right, moving on. Uh, this is a new award. So to commemorate uh, our sister podcast, The Digest, our horror movie double feature podcast that we have been doing, uh, we came up with a new award called the Screamin' and Creamin' Award. <laughs> and this is the best kill slash body horror sequence of the year. And the nominees are Terrifier 2, The Bedroom Bloodbath, for those who have seen the film, uh, Men, The Night of a Thousand Births, uh, the sadness, the blood orgy scene, and X, Ty West's X, the van scene, and the winner, I mean, there can be no other winner. It is Terrifier 2, the bedroom bloodbath. Um, I will say closely followed by, I think, Men, The Night of a Thousand Births. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a movie that came up at all, but, you know, that is a movie that it did impact us all but we did already do a full episode on it so yes check out the app for our thoughts but terrifier 2 takes it home and then moving on to the final award this is our version of the oscars uh, or i should say the the best picture it's our favorite award we'll say that this is the cream dream supreme award and this would be the most visually stunning film of the year And the nominees are Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Babylon, Blonde, and The Northman. With the winner being The Northman, Bob Egghead, of course. Not a movie that made my personal top 10, but if I gotta give it credit, I gotta give credit to the visuals. It could not be more If we're counting Tom, it was in everyone's top 10. Correct. Tom Tom and Northman. So consensus, I mean, it had to be here. The Cream Dream Supreme Award. Robert Eggers, the Northman. All right. That's going to do it for our awards. (laughs) Always have a good time. We spent more time deliberating the awards than giving out the awards. But, you know, it's a weekday. This is a long podcast. What are we going to do? So what do you guys think? We did it, right? Well, real quick, we got to do uh, a few submissions and then mm, say mm-hmm. say we were yeah we her did up. have we did have a few other people uh, contribute. Travis, you've got a couple. Do you want to do one? I do um, one, and then you do one. I'm just gonna bang them all out. Even better. 
All right, so we got one from Chanel. She went with uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Kenzie went with Top Gun Maverick. This seemed to be a popular choice. Uh, that was also Julie's favorite movie. Uh, Dan and Cherry gave us a joint top four, and they picked Avatar The Way of Water, Top Gun Maverick, Violent Night, Inspirited. You can tell when they were watching in the majority of their movies. Spirited. Um, oh, the, oh, uh, the Ryan Will Reynolds, uh, Will yep. Ferrell. Yes, the Apple TV joint. I yeah. uh, got a top 10 from my wife, Chelsea, in no particular order. I'll run through those real quick. Mm. Uh, the Batman, Top Gun Maverick, Avatar The Way of Water, Kimmy, Jackass Forever, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, The Whale, G Delta's Pinocchio, not okay, and Cha Cha Real Smooth. For and the will, record, for the record, I like Chelsea's top ten more than yours <laughs> and Paris's. <laughs> 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 Whoa! Some real bangers on there. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna end. Well, I'm gonna end it with uh, Kyle, our number one fan. His uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Paris what? is our number one fan. Let's be clear. Just because yeah, she's on the podcast, she's, yeah, but not when I'm on the show. Doesn't mean she's part she's of the not family. Our number one fan. Oh, she's part of the family. Kyle's part of the family too. Well, Kyle's like an extended family member, so he can still be number one fan. Okay. He's number one family. Okay. All right, I was trying to do you a favor, Paris, but no, dude, I I'm on here now. Like I can pass that torch off to Kyle. Right. He has to run the fan club now. He has to respond <laughs> to all the letters. <laughs> the street team. Yeah, the street team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so he actually wrote in something about the year as a whole and then gave us his top five. So I'll go ahead and do that now. He says, what's up, cinephiles? It's your true number one fan, Kyle. <laughs> For myself, this was quite a disappointing year in cinema. My highly Ooh. anticipated movies either underwhelmed or were delayed. Luckily, there were still some good to great flicks this year. Here are my top five. Number five, After Sun. Number four, The Whale. Number three, G Pinocchio. Number two, Blonde. Hell yeah. And mm. number one, Tar. Mm-mm. Oh my God, Kyle. <laughs> I hate your list, Kyle. Honestly, dude, an interesting <laughs> list, but very a film bro list. Oh, he, so he, he just gave us top five. He didn't. Um... There were no words associated with them. No, just uh, right. the words on the year. We'll talk. We'll talk soon, Kyle. All right, Paris. Let her rip. Okay, so the final um, final person that I did want to mention that wrote into the show was um, Sven, friend of the pod, who, um, upon hearing this list, both Matt and Travis said, we got to get him on our sister podcast, The Digest, of course, <laughs> um, because his number... His number one... His, his top five of the year were VHS 99, Barbarian, The Menu... Scream and Terrifier 2. And I think the most interesting thing was he said Scream was the best in the franchise aside from the first one. And, and I thought this was really funny and forgot to mention it uh, when I was talking about the menu. He said, and the menu was an outstanding Carl's Jr. ad in the best way possible. And I <laughs> thought that was hilarious and kind of agree with that. 
Now, the li- the order you read that in, was that one through five? Like That's a great question. As I was reading, I immediately realized I hadn't asked in what order, but I think that was five to one. With okay. Terrifier 2 being w- number one. Because that I'm going to assume. I agree with that. I'm going to assume. So that would be five VHS 99, four Barbarian, three Menu, two Scream, one Terrifier 2. Hmm. I'm pretty sure, knowing Sven, that was his list. That was the order. Joke's on you if it was actually the reverse. But Terrifier 2 being number one. I think joke's on us all. That rules. Um, slight correction uh, to friend of the show's list. Uh, Scream is the third best screen film behind OG Scream and uh, Scream 2. Just set the okay, record straight. Just, you know, just set the record straight. <laughs> um, awesome. And was there another one you wanted to read? Or was that the last one? No, um, I already talked about um, Michelle and Lisa's. Mm-hmm. Although I will say um, Michelle did have... Uh, I'll just do Michelle's top five real quick because we already talked about her thoughts on everything everywhere at once. That was her number one. Batman at number two. Banshees of Insurance number three. Top Gun number four. And X slash Pearl at number five. She said she can't decide which one she likes better. Nice. Very cool. Uh, One last thing I'll say before we go is that I uh, commissioned a list from Haley, my fiance. And um, she was like, no, it's not, you know, I, I, you know, like she's not into the whole like making. I'm shocked. She's not into the whole making lists thing. So she was like, you know, she doesn't even listen to the show. She was like, I work full time. I got a job. Like, no, but she said, fuck you. I actually don't love movies. She can correct me if she chooses to. But just based on all of the conversations that we've had. And everything about oh, all you're gonna of these movies. Her, I'm going to speak for her as a man. I'm going to speak for my woman. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, and again, and again, she has a voice. She can, you know, she can clarify. She can speak for herself. I you keep think repeating she has a voice. It makes me think she doesn't. She's probably wanting me to stop recording and go to bed as we speak. She could probably hear everything I'm saying and is like, shut the fuck up, Matt. You're probably, you're probably wrong. But I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to say that after Sun is her number one film of the year. Just based on the conversations that we had about it, the fact that we were both very moved by it. I could be wrong. Oh, live text. Uh, I just got a text from Haley that said, shut the fuck up. So, um, not that, yeah. apparently. Perfect. So we won't know <laughs> what her top is, but we do know it's not. she needs time. you to be quiet because it is past her bedtime. It is past our bedtime. And she sent me a crying Matter of fact, emoji. it's past all of our bedtimes. Let's get the show on the road. It's much past all of our bedtimes. But killer, killer best of episode. Um, oh, yeah. So, wow. I mean, we had a killer cameo. The first ever cameo appearance on the podcast? Yeah, Unless we did have to pay for that um, from the app cameo to get Tom on here. But it was worth it. Right. Yeah, we commissioned t- Tom on cameo to be on here. Um but I'm glad he joined us. So that's going to do it for this episode. This is always my favorite episode every year. I'm so glad that we've been doing this for fucking, oh my God, six years? 100 years at least. A lot of years. And we've got at least 30 this is 40 the seventh, left in us. This right? is the seventh best of. That's true. 
Oh, that is because I think y'all didn't y'all start the pod with a yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is correct. So this is huge. So 2023, I think, is going to be a big year for us. We got some changes in store. We're going to try to be more consistent now that all of us are, you know, maybe less life changes in store. We'll see. But we're all in the same state, at least. So same time zone is huge. Same time zone. It's a big factor. Um, You know. It's going to be a fun year. The next episode that y'all can look forward to is going to be Infinity Pool. Now, excuse me if I'm overreaching here, but I feel like Infinity Pool, if we're able to, if we're able to, we should pair with Skinamarink. Could the hype be any bigger for Skinamarink? Or do you Uh, even know what I'm talking about? I probably won't go see that in theater, but I do believe it is going to be streaming on Shutter in a couple weeks. It is, but why not see it in a theater? This is the this is the event of the of the winter. It sounds like it could be boring as fuck. It could be. It could be, or it could be the scariest movie but you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Actually, it could be. It could be. <laughs> to to your point, if if you're gonna watch Skin and Marink in the theater, is probably the best way to do it. Okay, so to be determined, at the very least, we're going to talk about Infinity Pool, which is a new film from Brandon Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. It's going to be huge. So that's what's on the docket. And then, of course, the triumphant return of the Digest. We will get back into it now that we're going to be on a more regular schedule. So stay tuned to the feed. But thank you, everybody who wrote in submissions, telling us about their favorite movies of the year. We appreciate you so much. Um, if you ever have any questions or prompts or anything, feel free to send us an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. That is going to do it for our best of 2022 episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Paris. Thank you, Tom. I love you all. Uh, that's going to do it. Any other last thoughts before we wrap her up? Thank you, Matt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you from thanks, Paris. Guys. I notice. Oh, yeah, just thanks, guys. Not thank you, Matt. I but. said thanks, guys. I mean, thanks, Matt. I guess. What are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm okay. Thank you, God. Right. I love you, off. Paris. I love you, Travis. Both of you. Mm, now I feel bad. All right. Regret. That's gonna do it. Let's get out of here. It's bedtime, right? Yeah. Fuck off. Let's go to bed. It's Happy twenty twenty two. Put it to bed. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's gonna do it. Thank you. For-